Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 69 of FPL Black Box. My name is Az and I'm joined by the mighty Mark and the lovable Luke. How are you both? Well, I'm alright. I don't feel very mighty after the free hit, but um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, I'm alright. Um, just knackered after trying to work out Pep's team coming up for after the Champions League performance. So yeah, it's taking its toll on me in the last couple of days, but it's all good fun. It's if it wears fun. you out, what do you think it does to Pep? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he's looking better than me, unfortunately. He's, probably, he's definitely older than me. <laughs> well, we know Mares won't play because he didn't square that ball to Foden. So that's one, yeah, one, one job. He's on the bad list. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we are going to talk about Man City tonight, as um, because um, I'm debating whether to bring KDB in. So I'm looking for some razor sharp insight from Luke on that. Because you, Luke, you've done a pod on it, haven't you? You branched out and done another one of your uh, like sideline pods. I have, yeah, but that's, I'll tell you why. It's mainly because I'm at work, I've got a family and I appreciate people messaging me and stuff for advice. But, you know, when you're saying the same thing over and over and over to multiple people, it's like, hang on, I'm just going to yeah. chop this off, do a quick pod and then hopefully that answers the most of it. But yeah, it's um, it's out there if people want to listen to it. And obviously it's very fluid. It might change <laughs> before the deadline, such as the way uh, Pep goes on. And obviously we've got his press conference yet, but hopefully it can be of some use. I think the bottom line is at the moment, um, we're very much, and I say this in the pod, we're at the mercy of Pep more than we have been for most of the season because we're just in and around some of the most important games they've had the whole time. You know, semi-final against oh, Real yeah. Madrid where you go out. It's um, it's a massive game, isn't it? So almost anything goes, you could say. All right, well, we're going to touch on that later. As there's uh, there's folk in the chat, including uh, we got a comment just come in saying this, this podcast from Tim Walton Davis, this podcast should be called The Red Arrows. Oh, it's been bad. It's been real bad, hasn't it? 
let's let's be let's be fair. I mean, yeah, we're all on reds, but Mark, you and I. I mean, it was always going to be the battle of who'd win out. My my luck or your luck. Yeah, but and oh, unfortunately, your luck's bloody won out. We both done you, absolutely I, rubbish. You were doing so well, and then you do the same tactic as me and pick very similar teams. What do you expect? What do you expect? Oh, it's, it's, I don't even. I, I've I've made that classic mistake as well of working out exactly how many points mm. I'm down. On the free hit. I was going to ask you that. When we get Never to your team, that. I was going to, don't do that. I haven't bothered to do that. But oh, I think it's... I'm roughly around five points less than you, perhaps. Anyway, we'll talk about our teams in it. <laughs> what we are going to talk about tonight is um, the double game week for City dropped in. So the, the picture is complete, right? Now, from, from now to the end of the season. And I did see Ben Crellin say something like there was 50 days to go till the fixtures for next season are announced. <laughs> oh my God. Never has any time off. Relentless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that made me feel slightly nauseous. A hundred days to go before the kickoff of that season as well. <laughs> but we're still in this season, sadly, for me. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, yeah, talk about the, um, the double game week schedule now because it's all complete. Uh, in particular, we're going to touch on Villa. The, the 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 episode is called Unlikely Saviors, right? We're trying to find players between now and the end of the season that are going to make the difference. And we're going to find ourselves turning to the likes of Anthony Gordon and Phil Coutinho and Matty Cash. Players like this who are now burdened with being our saviours as. Do you think they're up for it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't. But what can you do? You know, you've, you've, you've got to target these double game mix, right? And especially Villa and Everton. I mean, you know, back-to-back doubles, kind of Leicester to a lesser extent as well, though I think it's a bit more predictable who's going to start for Everton and and Villa. But yeah, it's um, particularly Everton relying on on Richarlison's and Gordon's and Calvert-Lewin's. That's the, that's the bigger worry. I I think, you know, there's there's a couple of Villa players we're going to talk about who, who, who who could, who could be really good. So they are, they're the kind of figureheads of the podcast, I think. Yeah, and we're we're going to talk about my dilemmas. So I haven't got Salah, so do I go KDB? Do I go Sons? We're going to touch on Spurs and everyone's jumping off them and we're going to touch on City and that's when Luke comes into his own. Well, It's the usual stuff, all around the usual data. Uh, we talk about the passion, basically, for two hours. Uh, we're going to go to Luke first because you won the game week with 57 <laughs> points, which... It's a fantastic score relative to ours, Luke. Uh, go for your team for the podcast listener. Yeah, never did I think that you two being on a free hit and me taking a minus 12 would result in me being in a higher oh, position God, than you two. I forgot the minus 12, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. But let's bear in mind we've still got the other game to come. And um, if the team is up <laughs> on the screen there, the very obvious error I have is James as captain who has zero. So just put that on top of it, guys. I don't even had a captain play yet and I'm still beat. He's back somehow. in training. He's back in... Yeah, I oh know. It's awful. Oh, look. God. So yeah, he look, took a 12-point hit. He didn't have a captain. He still beat us by at least 10 points. So oh, far, oh. I want a caveat because I'm never this lucky. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I had Alonso. I said before I was going to captain Alonso, right? Mm. And um, I'm not going to play the blame game here because I don't do that. I make my own choices. But literally right before the deadline, I listened to Planet FPL uh, podcast and they had... Um, FPL Absolute Planet, Rift. you mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Planet <laughs> FPL. Wait, which did I say? No, you said um, it right. I just like winding uh, Sujan Jones up. He hates up. it. Okay. <laughs> um, and they had, uh, is it rotation? FPL rotation? It works for Scout? Mm. And yep. he's obviously a Chelsea fan. And they had a pod on it and it was a great pod. But he just seemed more confident that James would play two games than Alonso. And he's probably right. At the end of the day, he, he couldn't know that James would you know miss out. I don't think anyone expected that, did they? So very last minute, obviously James's data is slightly better than Alonso's. I, I made the change, but... It, 
If I'd have left it on Alonso, I'd have been having a blinder. Um, I was really hoping he was going to be out for this week now, but obviously, like I say, I don't get that lucky, so it looks like he's going to play. So now I, mm. I pretty much need him to play right wing back and obviously you know, do something pretty huge. Otherwise, the captain's probably a fail. But the rest of the team is pretty fine. I think every, most people have got Mount. People have him captain, so I might lose out there. Obviously, having Alonso is... Again, it's like I said last week, we, we tried to get, you know, whether it's free hit or whether like me, you've taken hits or whatever, it always ends up being two or three players. And if you're on them, you have a decent yeah. game week. And, yeah. you know, I've got Robertson in my team. I've got Saka in my team. I've got Alonso in my team. So I think that's three of the more higher performing players this week. So I had a good game week as a result. And sometimes it's as simple as that. Obviously, when you're in a free hit, you get yourself more chance of, of getting one of these guys. Um, but I've just got a little bit lucky Ooh, so yeah. far. Well, the yeah. team for the podcast is forced to end goal. Trent with five points. Robertson with 15 points. Alonso with 10. James, the captain, Zero United to come. Then Cancelo, of course, Lucas. Cancelo, Salah with six, Saka with 13, Mount with three, with another game to go. Foden with zero. We're actually going to talk about Foden later on. There's some really interesting date on him and Harry Kane up front. So far, 57 points, up to 117 in the world. It's unmagnificent, but not as unmagnificent as myself. I'll bring my team up now. Um, I only got 41 points with a free hit played. Uh, my team is De Gea. I got rid of Pope. I had Pope. He's in my t- he's in my dressing room. I've got to face him again ahead of game week 35. I've got to look him in the eye and apologise for doubting him. Right at the last minute, I switched to the double game week keeper because I thought that was the logical thing he to do. He still can win. He still can win. He still can win. He still can win. Uh, I'm going to blame the models. The models all said go with De Gea. Um, so, uh, I warned you about the bloody models. I know. I know. I had a word. I had a word with Simon uh, from Analytics FC at Fest and we had a nice chat about the models. But yeah, um, I don't know. De Gea, anyway, in goal, two points. Trent, five. Again, I had Robertson in my team, but I went Trent in the free hit instead. I have them both, but I decided to go Trent. And again, I went for Trent over Robertson because I just thought effective ownership, it covers that. Every model said Trent was outscore Robertson, of course. Obviously, the eye test and form would suggest, if form's a thing, would suggest Robertson's a better pick. And lo and behold, he gets his biggest all of the season with the 15 points. Elsewhere, there was Laporte. a slight doubt to play, though, wasn't it? Yeah, and then yeah, there was a doubt with Simicast could come in, whereas Liverpool yeah. have Gomez, and I just I think the the gap between Trent and Gomez is a lot wider than the gap between Simicast and Robertson. So I just didn't think Trent was a risk, whereas Robertson is a slight. Yeah, risk. I think but most people of, thought he was a risk. For and for me, for example, reason for not free hitting. Mm. Um, you know, I had in my team as you can see. I thought Foden was a slight doubt, and he didn't play. And I thought mm. Robertson was a doubt. And if I had both of those not playing, mine would have been a tragedy. So luckily, Robertson covered it. But I don't think anyone would have really picked Robertson on a free hit. So I don't think you can beat yourself up as well. Well, not yeah. unless they went both, yeah. Unless you went Robertson and Simicast, which is what we were talking about today. Well, and I yeah. did, didn't I? I yeah, did do did, that yeah. team. <laughs> but then that used up a Liverpool slot and I wanted... Oh, I, I know. I, I, I know. There's, there's all well, kinds of reasons. <laughs> uh, Laporte, Cancelo, Alonso. Um, and Alonso saved me with a 10 points. Jota, Salah. I relented and went Salah. Sterling, Havertz, Werner... <laughs> And then Kessia. Um, Sterling. Yeah. yeah. He's he's to blame for our woes. Well, <laughs> he, tur- he, he turned my head, didn't he? I basically went, I played the free hit solely to hone in on Jota and Sterling and then Kessia, who all started, who were all differentials, all had good fixtures, and none of them got anything at all. And all of them could have done so much different as well. Yep. And Kessia missed a good chance. Oh, don't even get me started about that bloody Enketia chance. I I blame Peter Walton entirely for my misery in that (laughs) because literally Enketia scored and it goes to Peter Walton and he goes, oh, well, it's not offside. 
And even if it was, it's not a penalty. I was like, and, oh, great. And the complete opposite happened. Yeah, yeah I was, was going like, to that shouldn't <laughs> surprise you anymore, As That should have literally nailed the coffin shut as soon as he said that. He's oh, never right on that. I know. Well, he is right, but when the only times he's right is when he delays it and waffles on until the real decisions come in and then he goes, that's what, and then, oh, lo and behold, he's right. It's like, when he has to commit early before the decision is yeah, made. Clueless. Is, yeah, all over the shop. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'm hearing a sound in the background. Is that you again, As Stop that immediately. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> well, it stopped immediately. I said that. Right. Uh, what have I got up front? Yeah, in midfield, Jota, Salah, Sterling, Havertz. Havertz, captain. He, he was disappointing. Chelsea were disappointing, as was Werner up front for me as well. Um, what did you they make of Chelsea? They were awful. I thought, mm. they were, I thought they were terrible. I mean, one of the things that, that pushed me into the free hit in the end was West Ham and the injury. You know, Zuma was out. Yeah, obviously Diop, like no yep. defence. We thought they were going to rotate anyway with Europe. And, you know, I just thought, oh, this is going to be Chelsea bouncing back. I thought they were really poor. I thought Loftus-Cheek particularly was had a really bad game. Didn't look like he knew what, where to play on the pitch. The amount of times he should have gone wide right, um, you know, to give to give an option to Mount or, or whoever had the ball in the middle when he chose to come into the, the centre. Happened over and over and over again. And it meant Havertz drifted further and further over to the right. Yeah. Werner was typical Werner, just wasteful constantly. And it was the subs that came on and, and rescued them. So there's doubts about who's going to start tomorrow. They, it, was a, it was a really, really poor performance, I thought, from Chelsea. And, and Dorset was, was brilliant. What do, you is, what do you reckon to this? more frustrating. <laughs> Gareth Payton in chat saying, the lesson is don't pump once in a blue moon haulers on a free hit. If it's not a double game week, what else you use a free hit for? And I'd argue Sterling's got Watford at home. His favourite opponent. What's he scored? Like 14 goals in nine games against Watford or something ridiculous like that. It's a crazy record. Jota at home to Everton playing centre forward. And then Ketia off the back of two goals playing against Manchester United who looked so vulnerable. They were risks, but not very big. I mean, they're still no, no, the risk, the three risk really good opportunities. The risk, the risk was, was that start. They've got 90. Yeah, you got the minutes. The players have the stats and they have the fixture and they're a differential. They literally, yeah, I don't agree with that at all, unfortunately. Mm. I well, think I, it's easy to say now, but there's plenty yeah. of examples. I mean, for example, if you went Jesus, would he be saying the same? Well, he fits yeah. that category. No, no he does. Absolutely. About did anyone? Jesus. Did anyone actually consider Jesus for one minute? No, I can't. I wasn't 100. percent He would start. I think no. it was 50. I follow this idiot on Twitter who predicts the pep lineups, <laughs> and he didn't even have him in, so I didn't even consider him. You didn't read the Fred as you're one of those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Him straight away. I'm telling you that. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, to be fair, I think I think it was. A lot of the predictors in the group that I'm in had him down to start and it, it made sense in terms of just completely changing the front mm. three. But then you have the other school of thought where, well, Pep doesn't rest. He needs to win the league. You know, he's going to play his best players. So you can always argue it either way. I think it was very, very close with who played. But let's not forget that, um, yes, it's a great game, but Jesus is hardly you know, scoring four goals every week, even when he is playing up front for Man well, City. Well, I've not got really... some interesting data for His you data tonight. is very good and it always <laughs> yeah. is very good. Yeah. But um, I've got some interesting data to come back okay. on that. All right. <laughs> I think actually our risks as going on to your team weren't necessarily the likes of Jota and Sterling. It's more about Mount Savitz and Werner. They were the ones I was less certain of, if anyone. Um, do you want to go for your team, though? 38 points, no. equal misery. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Oh, it was just, I mean, it's basically the same as your team, except for I went um, Dubravka and Mount over Alonso and De Gea. So mm. the other nine yeah. that we had were exactly the same. I mean, uh, you know, it was, it was, I wanted to target Sterling and, and Jota and get the three Chelsea in. That was the reason for doing it. I thought City would have a, have a, 
obvious clean sheet against Watford. I didn't think Watford would see the ball and that and that disappeared. I thought Trent was a better option than Robertson, like you did, if I could pick one. And and, and that was wrong. Um, I thought Enketi was brilliant against Chelsea, would have chances. And I thought, okay, Saka's on pens, but there's probably not a huge amount in it between them. And it's a 13 point swing. It's just, you know, and, and like you said, it wasn't just the players we bought in blanking. It was the players that we took out all delivering in the teams that really hurt. Like I took out Gomeris, for example, my boy. Yeah. I, I took him out and and he, and he scored. So yeah. it wouldn't yeah. have been so bad if our players we took out didn't do so well, but Vegor's got an assist. Pope got 10. Yeah. Robertson got his biggest haul of the season. It was cruel. Spurs Saka did were well okay. Again. Spurs yeah. were okay for you, weren't they? We're I think they're saying in the it. chat, you've got to turn me up, Mark. By I, have, as much I as have turned you up. Okay. okay. I have turned cool. you up. So that's hopefully better. Um, yeah, it, we were we were dealt some cruelty. Um, but yeah. Well, but I mean, the, the, what, the, the big annoying one was I, 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 I did get scared. I had Ronaldo over Salah and I got scared. Yeah. So I didn't, I had, I had Jota, I think at one point I had Jota, Trent and, and Van Dyke. I never had, I don't think I had Robertson on any, on any mm. draft. Um, and I had Ronaldo and then obviously Ronaldo scores straight away. Saka scores. And then it just all, like every match, apart from that Spurs game, which I didn't watch because I couldn't bear to oh, watch no, Son and Kane. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but every match was the worst case scenario. Every single one. It was, yeah. and I was lying on the sofa like, you know, half comatose Stricken with, by with COVID. COVID. <laughs> Just please, someone. No, not Saka. No. Yeah, that was the worst one, really, Saka, because you're never picking him on a free hit there, are you really? It's one game. I know well, Manchester United defence has been terrible. I don't think you would go Saka on a free hit. I, I don't think you would. No. Although I wouldn't have thought many would did. No, well, the only way I was doing it, if I didn't go Salah and I went Ronaldo, I could have. I did have a team with Saka still in it. I, did, I didn't want to lose Saka, but I just felt you've got to go for it with the the double game week players and you've got to go with it, go for it with Sterling and Jota who on their day can be double figure assets. It's, right? it's, it's both free hits for you though, Mark, that yeah. Everton have, have frustrated. Yeah. Because well, they've actually shown up to actually put in an all right defensive performance. In and that's both affected, games. Yeah. yeah both against I, my, City and Liverpool. My first free hit was at Goodison for the 1-0 that City won and Foden scored. I own Foden, but going in, I took Foden out and got Sterling, De Bruyne and Mahrez. None of them got anything. Hmm. And then my City players here got Nothing either. So well, I've the had amount, six city players on a free hit, no points. The amount of luck or variances as hates in in an individual game week is oh, yeah, is, is is in crazy, right? And when we use our chips, obviously that's one week. You really need to get lucky that you have a good variance week when you use your chips yeah. and you combine those two together. That's when you can obviously get absolutely you know like 150 points somehow or 200 it's incredibly hard to marry up it's been a number of seasons now and i'm not sure many of us have had you know many successes and that that is why the free hit is often used in blanks because you're minimizing the role that luck has to play in getting a better score than you would normally get so basically you're taking that variance out and you more or less know that your free hit team's going to outscore your normal team because you've got blanks yeah because so, you're bracking up 11 doublers or 11 singles against exactly. hardly any players in your thing. team or whatever, yeah. It's always the thing. With can I just say too. quickly, 30, I'm 34 points down if yeah. I, and only if I'd done nothing, which mm-hmm. is depressing. And someone pointed out to me that if I had done nothing, and if, if, I, if I'd literally just forgotten about it completely, I'd be in the top 200 and I'd have a free hit and two free transfers. Yeah. So thank you for whoever worked that out for me. That was really kind. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. It took me a while to create that account and tweet that. But yeah. But you're still Brutal. beating Fabio. Great in the good. Still beating Fabio just about by the four points, holding him off. He'll probably go overtake you tomorrow night, though. So he's probably got better players than you in the Thanks, Mark. 
<laughs> but yeah, you're still top of the great and the good, and I am not bottom. And so you will go to such lengths, such lengths to get a psychological edge on me that you will even make sure that you remove Tom Freeman from the graphic mm. that I put together. It was only this week, after three successive weeks, I think, hold on a minute, Tom Freeman's not in this. I put him back in and I'm no longer bottom. So you, you, you admit it as, you went in and deleted Tom Freeman so it looked like I was bottom, didn't you? No, you asked Greyhead to add Tom in so that you could not be bottom. That's what I heard. <laughs> no, poor Tom. He's having worse luck than me this season. Absolute um, stinker he's having too. He is, uh, I'm, I'm 32 points above him, so I'm not quite bottom. Um, but, you know, it's, it, I'm still going to get relegated by the looks of it. So that's the way it is. Um, yeah, we won't dwell on the great and the good because I don't want to. Instead, we're going to talk about um, the latest fixture schedules. Um, I need to bring up that. I got that ready? I haven't. Let me just go to it here. Uh, right. So you put together this little chart, don't you, As Well, with with help, it's a it's a joint effort. It's a joint uh, effort with of, Lynn. Of, of Lynn and I. Um, yeah. It's her birthday today as well. Happy birthday, Lynn. Oh, is it? Okay. Yep. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's it's about time we, we enter into the world of, of FDRs and, and have our own one and stop relying on Ben Krillin and Focal and become our own our own men. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you mean it's you, rip, you rip off Ben Krillin, do it in different colors, basically is what you're saying. Is that yeah. Right? But then we, we put a little note at the bottom thanking him. So oh, you it's did, all, yeah. it's all, it's all, it's all kind of kosher. That's all we got to do. Just give, just give a bit of credit. And, and I left, fine. I left that on. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, talk us through this because this has got the European fixtures on it. It's also got Man City's double now in 36, which is Newcastle walls, which was confirmed today. Right. Yep, absolutely. That was the big news. I think everyone was kind of waiting to see whether it would be in 36 or 37. I think everyone was kind of split as well as to which weeks they would have preferred it in. I know Luke wanted it in 37. I very much wanted it in 36, having used the free hit this week. Um, and and lo and behold, it. you got the luck. Yep. What are the uh, chances, eh? <laughs> I know. It's what crazy variance as, as always. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's the kind of the big news that we got today. And obviously the Liverpool game as well with Southampton has, has been put back into, into 37. As we expected. They had a blank, but we all kind of knew that was... That was going to be the case. Um, I mean, the interesting, the interesting things around that about kind of who who does City play, obviously in in those kind of matches. Um, but then the also the other interesting things. I didn't realise that the um, the final of the Europa League is actually before game week thirty eight, and that's when West Ham play City. So West Ham are going to play City at home, and then they go into the the Europe uh, final potentially if they get, if, if, the if, final, if they yeah. get through, obviously. What's what's what team are they going to put out against Man City before that? They're going to like just completely throw that game, surely. Yeah, but they so, put a bad team out against. Well, I put a reserve team out against Chelsea and did well. So they did, but that was much more to do with Chelsea being poor and unable to string passes together and not having key players in certain positions. Like, I think that is that's a game I think which City could could win. You know, to to quite a big extent. Although, do West do West Ham want to lose? heavily before going into a fight. I don't really know if they can stop it. I don't know. I, th- I thought that was quite interesting. Um, and obviously also the FA Cup as well in, in Game Week 37. So Chelsea um, have the FA Cup final sandwiched in between Leeds and Leicester. So that's mm. the second game of Game Week 36. And then going into the Leicester game in 37. So people who are loading up on all these Chelsea assets, if they've got third place secured by then, what team are they going to put out against Leeds in particular? Um, and Liverpool as well. I mean, Liverpool, you know, away at Villa, and then the FA Cup game, and then a, quite an easier game, game week 37 against Southampton. Are we going to see, we're obviously going to see some kind of rotation for those two teams across those. And they're off the back of quite, 
you know, big doubles for those two sides. So 36 is quite a, a 36 and 37, I think, for some of the quite big teams is quite mm. tricky to, to manage and you need to kind of bet The thing on. is, I, I don't know about you, Luke, but looking at Liverpool rotation, move away from City for a bit, I think the only rotation I can see them making is Matip and one of the front three, probably Diaz. So Jossa comes in for Diaz and Canute comes in for... Well, it, 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 massive, looks like, right? it looks that like looks like massive is, is Premier League, league right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been will the they rotate so far, beyond so. that? Will they? I mean, I suppose they could do, but everything we have suggests that that's that's what they're doing. Um, I think Firmino's had a slight knock, hasn't he, for a while as well? Yeah, I don't so know he if it's he maybe could come in. Um, I mean, obviously the midfield three don't really matter to us too much. Um, Thiago's obviously had injury problems he's playing very very well at the moment maybe they give him a breather but you know apart from the knock-on effect from just not having him on the pitch it's obviously not too relevant for FPL so yeah I mean I don't have any evidence to suggest that it will be any different from what you've said because that's the pattern that's been so far and yeah. luckily I mean luckily they had the opportunity to rest in that Champions League um, tie otherwise maybe it would have been different and maybe you know against Villarreal they won't have that opportunity so yeah. you know potentially a bit of change but yeah, I think you can be fairly confident, to be honest. Yeah, so I, I don't see that Villa fixture being a problem because they can't rest play. That's a tricky game against Gerard. They've also got to catch City as well, haven't they? Yeah, so I know so, it's even more onus, I think, on them to make sure yeah. that they're playing, you know, everyone that they possibly can. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've mentioned it all before that you know that they've got such good strength up there that they, you know, is it is it necessarily weakening them to rotate? Probably not too much. So you, not not Jota for Diaz. You think? Jota no. coming in down the middle of Mane moving out left. That's yeah. I think it's more. Choice. I think it's more managing in games now as we're seeing. So if if the team's winning three or four nil when it gets to the seventieth minute, your player could come off for the last twenty minutes. Mm. I think that's going to be a thing, not just for for Liverpool, but obviously for City as well. Along mm. uh, Kevin De Bruyne, that we'll probably get to at some point. Um, it, uh, that's the way I feel like it will go more than any. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what we got on here on the additional graphic is the fixtures remaining, and three teams have got six fixtures. They are Villa. Everton, Leicester, they're going to be discussed throughout the data as we go through the, the various screens tonight. Um, and United at the bottom with three. So I don't think there's any doubt we stopped up in United for the double. If you didn't use three hits to get them in, you use transfers, then you've obviously got to start moving away from them. They've got Brentford this week, but then no doubles in 36 um, or, or uh, 37. So a blank in 37 indeed. So it's the three at the top that are of interest, or are they? Villa, Everton, Leicester. What's your thoughts on those as straight away? Well, Leicester, Leicester are top of the fixture ticker in general. And it's interesting. They've got obviously the conference league match tomorrow. And, and then, you know, and then, and then we can say, because then it's Everton, Norwich, Watford. I mean, it's about the three best fixtures that you can kind of get sort of going forward. So, you know, after game week 35, they're either out of, of the conference league going into 36 and then you haven't got to worry about it or the conference league matches after game week 38. So there's a big gap between that second leg and whatever happens and, and their final if they, if they get mm. to it. So I would say that we're not going to see as much rotation across that as we might have seen previously because he doesn't need to, right? He can, he can get some form going and, and, and play. There'll be, there'll be a few players coming in and out. But I don't think he's going to make seven, eight changes every match. Like we've almost been seeing Mm. daily so I'm I'm fairly confident with the likes of Madison and, and Barnes particularly that they should see significant minutes across those two double game he's weeks. got to try and want to yeah if he gets through Roma surely there's no reason to not like you say as to not especially from that period between Everton and Chelsea so basically 36 and 37 because yeah. I think Tottenham's a write-off in between Roma and then obviously if they're the last game of the season anything can happen especially if they're in it 
that period of four fixtures there. Why wouldn't you want to get your team playing as best as they possibly can? Because it's hardly like they're you know, firing on all cylinders. You want to get your team operational and doing right. So, so you I do, imagine... but Madison is the key asset, arguably, and he's not mm. going to play four games. No chance. I wouldn't, I w- yeah, I wouldn't go as far as to say, therefore, they're all nailed and we'll play all of them because we've seen Madison no. rotate for most of the season. But I would be quite confident that Madison would probably feature in all four and maybe start three of the four. I think that is probably yeah, a, fairly optimistic, well. a fairly optimistic assumption. I think... We have to bear in mind when we're talking about these players and who they're going to rotate, the alternatives as well are very much in these boats, even though they might not be in the Leicester situation. There's not many mids you can really say, well, first of all, they're a good fantasy asset. And second of all, they're definitely going to play both the games. I don't think there's many that fit into it. That's why we're even talking about the likes of Madison. Mm. So I think Madison is still up there for Everton. Home to Everton, home to Norwich. We saw with Man United, you only need one of those fixtures to actually do pretty damn well. I think Madison's I think Madison's awesome. I mean, I've got I've got Barnes over Madison and I'm I'm definitely holding him for those. I guess the issue with Barnes is, and the issue with Leicester is, there are their team isn't settled at all. It's not like they have a stronger, strongest mm. seven. All we know really is that Madison's part of it. <laughs> at the start of everyone else, I mean, Lookman's come in and done quite well. Ianacho, Daka, Vardy's back now. Like Perez has done all right in some cameos. We don't really know who's gonna who's gonna start. So there are players competing for a spot in that final if they make it and, and get through Roma. If they don't make it, then I I, I don't see why he doesn't just go pretty much full strength for the end of the season. And yeah, it's interesting. I haven't really come. I mean, yeah. we're going to look at Leicester assets amongst the data. Um, I mean, one thing we worry about with Villa, not Everton because they've got plenty to play for. Um, we'll touch on their players too later, but Villa are probably the most intriguing because the accusation is that they're on the beach um, and therefore we can't trust in their assets despite them having good fixtures and having the, the six games. Um, and I think there's been a lot of talk about, okay, what does it mean when we say that that teams on the beach? So I wanted to get some kind of data behind it to have a look at it to see if there's anything in it. And I don't know. I don't know really what the data shows. We'll, we'll talk through it. So on the screen now we've got the Premier League table eight to fifteen. So it's kind of like the mid-table teams, and these are the teams that really you could say haven't got anything to play for. You could argue that Wolves are still playing for Europa League. Um, Newcastle, I, I haven't included in my analysis because they were pushing out of relegation. So um, you know, they're well. Actually, I've included them. It's it's Leicester and West Ham. I didn't include because they were in Europe, and I think up until this point, Leicester's team has been affected by the rotation for Europe. So I didn't put them in in the sample below. But I've got Southampton, Palace, Brighton, Wolves, Brentford, Villa, Newcastle. And what I did, I had a look at their averages per match um, from game weeks one to twenty eight, and then from game weeks twenty nine to thirty four. So the last six game weeks against the the 28 game weeks before that to see if there's been a drop off. And it's quite interesting because it's a complete divide. And I looked at things like possession percentage per game, shots per game, XG per game, shots conceded per game and XG conceded per game. And as you can see from the chart, Southampton Palace and Brighton have all regressed. So from game Mm. weeks one to 28, for all those factors, possession, shots per game, XG per game, shots conceded per game, and XG considered per game, they were stronger per game, per match, in 1-28 to than they have been over the last six game weeks. So there has been a drop-off for those teams. And certainly, if you were going to say which three teams appear to be most on the beach, you would arguably say it recently is Southampton, certainly Southampton, Palace and Brighton. What do you think about that, first of all, Waz? I mean, your team's in there. Is that the impression you get of Brighton at the moment? 
It was up until some quite good performances over the last few weeks. And and I think, again, the defensive data is is maybe, you know, skewed a bit because Webster's been out. Um, although he hasn't, he's, he's kind of come back and he's been on the bench for a couple of games. Mm. I think he got 60 minutes or something against, against Southampton. Um, but I mean, you know, we beat Spurs away. That was, that was one of the, the best performances I've seen from us this season. Um, beat Arsenal, you know, before that, and then obviously got trounced by, by City, which I don't think anyone was, was expecting too much. Uh, was, was not expecting, I mean. So yeah, Brighton, I don't think Brighton have changed that much. We were, we were just a difficult team to predict. A lot of the time. I think Southampton's has been stark, really Massive. Stark. If you look at the numbers, XG conceded per game has gone from 1.5 to 2.1 over the last six game weeks. Shots conceded per game from 12 in game weeks 1 to 28 to 15.3. So I, defensively my, is the biggest gaps on show here. It looks my gut, like my gut feeling game. with Southampton is that Ralph is getting the most out, possible out of a kind of a quite an average group of players. And... They're just knackered, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and just and just well. done. And I'm, I know that's like quite a lazy narrative, and you know, people said the same about Leeds last season, and, and they never did. But it, it has been so stark for Southampton, I think, that, that just just how poor they've been defensively, and how many goals it looks like teams. I mean, bailed out against Brighton by two amazing free kicks. Mm. Again, you know, without without Ward Prowse scoring those, that's another sort of quite big loss, I think, to Brighton, just just to kind of compound it. So. Southampton, uh, Palace are interesting though because Palace have actually been have uh, been been playing quite well. They've they've looked they they kept their they kept their shape, they kept their structure. They've, the results haven't been amazing, but they've still looked kind of quite tight. And there isn't a huge amount of difference in the in the kind of data between them. XG um, yeah, game one point four. Sick, you know, their possession's gone down seven eight percent. Yeah, we know that Vieira wants to turn them into a team that keep the ball, and they've they've kind of regressed to type almost before Vieira mm. they, the last six games. Yeah, I mean, I, none of the gaps I, are massive, are they? No, I, I still, I don't think Palace and Brighton, from watching them and from looking at this, are teams that I would necessarily target. But Southampton are. Southampton are like the yeah. one team now, which I would be like. I think Southampton, from a defensive point of view, and Wolves, from like an attack or lack of attack point of view. Yeah, I mean, looking at the flip side, Wolves, Brentford, Villa and Newcastle, their data's all improved over the last six game weeks. And obviously, you know, the, the eye test would say with Newcastle and Brentford in particular, and yes, that's exactly confirmed by the data. Shots per game, Brentford have gone from 10.3 in game weeks 1 to 28 to 15.2 in 29 to 34. So they've leapt up in terms of threat uh, and improved as well in, in defensively. Shots per game have gone down from 36.6 to 12. Uh, XG conceded per game from 1.5 to just one. So Brentford have approved, improved across the board. Newcastle, massive improvement, particularly in defence. Shots conceded per game. Game weeks 1 to 28 was 14.8, now 9.1. XG conceded per game was 1.8, now just one. They've almost halved their XG conceded per game over the last six game weeks. That's testament to how Eddie Howe has turned them round. I mean, they're safe now, but they're still playing well, aren't they, Luke? Yeah, I was going to say. I think on the on that one, it's probably just more since Howe came in, isn't it? Rather than just the just the last few game weeks, because obviously when you've got a larger sample there of one to twenty eight, it will be towards the back end, and that's that's the thing. We are looking at five, you know five games compared to the others. Um, but yeah, I think I think particularly on Southampton, I just want to say that at the very beginning of the season, as usual, nobody ever gave them a chance. They sell their players like usual. We expected them to do poorly, and I would say if anything they probably overperformed. And what we see is a big overperformance. And now we see, yeah, they're quite not do, doing as well as they were. Um, are they now underperforming? 
I wouldn't say. I would say this is probably what par is what most people thought for the rest of the season. And sometimes it just, you know, takes a while for that to level out. I wouldn't necessarily say that's beach, but, you know, I'm happy to accept that it could be. I think it's similar to what Az says. They've got, you know, average average players really across the board in most positions. And they've had some quite bad injuries. I think right at the beginning of the season, they were flying when Liveramento was in top gear. And we had Brozier obviously came in. Although he wasn't particularly scoring the points, he was definitely looked a lot more electric in his first few yeah, um, appearances. Yeah, and yeah, they've relied on Ward-Prowse. That's fine. Salisu was in great form at the beginning of the season. Not so much now. So, you know, can you say it's beach or can you say that there's just... You know they've they've regressed to the mean. I think, I think it's just young players, right? Young players mm, are inconsistent. Yeah, it could be. It could be that. I mean, um, Walker Peters was playing absolutely fantastically as well. Um, I think you're going to struggle if you've got a team that pushes up that well. They use the wing backs or the full backs um, as part of their game plan. And when they had Liveramento and Walker Peters in top form, that's going to make a big difference. So I think that's a factor. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much in it really. I think a lot of them, like you say, the numbers are quite close. But yeah. Yeah. I've noticed. I've noticed one funny thing. Go on. <laughs> the three the three teams here that we've marked as being the most likely to be classes on the beach: Southampton, Palace, and Brighton. Are the three teams that beat Arsenal, who are definitely not on the beach because they're competing for the yeah. top four. So it doesn't, yeah. that completely throws off the narrative, yeah. really, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think the data. I think the data shows there's not too much in this theory. But do you think? Here's another question for you. And I think Luke, you got some views on this. Do you think the beach factor has decreased in recent seasons? Because I'll go back ten, five years, and it definitely was. Like teams like Bournemouth, for example, Bournemouth got to forty points and completely fell off a cliff, didn't they? If you remember, how yeah. So do you think, think it's lesser a factor now? I think it probably is because I just think it's more professionally run in general. Um, you've obviously I've talked about it before about stat players are all about their stats now and they're not loyal to one club. You know, these stats carry around with you and it's the same for the managers. You'll get sacked if you lose seven games in a row if you play for Watford. It doesn't matter where you are. You know, you've got to ha- keep your record up. They're all individuals. They've all got things to push for to stay in the team for a transfer. I'm, uh, I just think there's too many individuals involved to draw massive conclusions from it. Mm. And, you know, sometimes you could apply it. You could say Southampton on the beach, I'm going to target them. They're going to ship loads of goals. And that may that may be fine. But like I say, it could also just be because they're not particularly good. When we're talking about those five fixtures there, they've had some tough games there as well. So it's, yeah, I think you can use it where you want and build a narrative. And then sometimes it can it can cause you some, some problems because then they just turn out a performance when you don't expect it. I think just generally, it's better just to go with, you know, are, are this team a good team? Newcastle are now, was a seemingly in the data since Howell come in, a pretty good team. They certainly weren't before. I think that's more of a factor to me. You know, Wolves, there's some strange things in there. I look at that there and their possession's 49%, then it goes to 56%, yet they've lost Neves throughout those five games. I would expect that would go the other way, if anything. Mm. It's arguably their best centre midfielder. You know, I can't really understand that. Is that because it's just a small they're, sample? They're of the dead level there? from most other things. So sure, yeah. it's how consistent they are. And they are a consistent tide. You yeah. watch them. And you get the same from the most performances, don't you? And sometimes it can work, sometimes... It can yeah, work. so it's just, it's just like logic doesn't apply there, right? So I don't understand that one. Maybe they're sitting deeper because they're using... Are they using Dean Donker in centre midfield? I'm not even sure, so maybe they're... They are, the game. yeah. Right, so maybe that's a factor. Um, it's very it's very tricky. I'm not I'm not sure how we use it, to be honest. I just think that the team strength is is the better is the better yeah, metric. I, and I, stuff I, like I, Villa, we say they're on the beach. Look at Gerard every time he comes... Not um, every time well, he comes out. Their numbers are up. So that's encouraging, right? Going into what we're going to start looking at players soon. Um, Villa look to be a team where you can't really throw that accusation at them. They they have improved. Certainly defensively, it's improved 12.6 shots per game conceded, 9.6. Defensively, they're they're a stronger unit over recent matches. 
You know, yeah. Brentford, Brentford looked very good since Ericsson I would say that's more yeah. the, the situation there yeah, Again, I think there's lots of other narratives we can point to is, is the general point anyone watch the Palace-Leeds game I think they were very unlucky not to win that game I think they had quite a lot of chances Leeds were poor mm. Leeds, 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 Leeds were very poor I mean the thing with Villa and Newcastle particularly is these are projects right these are big projects yeah. with ambitious owners wanting to get them into well Newcastle win the league Villa probably top six as a kind of starting point you know, these players can't afford to put in week after week. They're playing for the futures, right? Yeah. Because if they want to be part of the project, they've, yeah. I mean, look at Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne can't suddenly start chucking in three out of 10 performances or he's going to be out the door in less than no time. I, th- I think where the beach applies more now is to do with this, where is the focus rather than the beach? Like with, like with Leicester, like with West Ham, yeah. you know, are they likely to rotate their side because yeah. the result ultimately doesn't matter because yeah, they have Yeah, because players mentally are thinking, I want to be fit for that game even and if they're playing, right? And exactly, and it's not just mentally because of the players, it's mentally, it stemmed the whole way through the club. The club is, that's what they want. The manager is saying yeah. with his selections, that's what I want. You know, that that's hard to, to take out of your mind, I would say. But, yeah. You know, going onto the pitch, I don't think anyone could ever put themselves out on the pitch and then just, you know, just amble around because they don't care unless they play for Man United. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the caveat. Very, very good point. Uh... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Team data, so encouraging for Villa, particularly when you start looking at the data, and we got the first set of data up, which is the defense. And over the season, the minutes per actually conceded non-penalty, Villa now ranked fifth. Uh, 73 minutes per XG conceded non-penalty over the season. And then if you look at the last six matches alone, they're at their seventh with 87.9. And what's encouraging there is that they had, they were ranking 18th on the fixture ticker for that period. So they had tough fixtures as, and still turned out consistently strong defensive performance in terms of XG conceded. Yeah, they're becoming that kind of frustrating team where the underlying numbers are good but the clean sheets aren't there to kind of back it up. I mean, you, you know, you, you look at some of their performance. I mean, you look at um, that Spurs game, for example. They were really good in the first half of that. They played really well, yeah. had a really good shape, and then every, and then just completely fell apart in the, in the second half. Against Wolves, I think we were all expecting quite a tight, quite a tight game. Actually, I think I, I went the opposite way, but I think whoever was on, I think it might have been both of you, were, were thinking, okay, these are two quite good defensive sides. Could be a 1-0 either way. They end up losing that. 2-1. You know, they lose to Arsenal 1-0. They, they concede, you know, two goals to West Ham. You know, these are these are games where you'd think with, with numbers like these that they're going to get the clean sheets. I mean, the Leicester game was, was by all accounts, the most boring game of the season by far. But in some ways, that's what you want. You kind of want that from these, from your Villa defenders because you want to see them churning out these kind of like quite solid, boring, defensive, 
matches because the, the data here indicates with the amount of games Villa have got and some fairly good fixture, Norwich to come and then yeah. you know, okay, they've got they've got a Liverpool in there, but they've got some, you know, Palace and, and, and these kind of these kind of players, you've got to think the likes of, you know, Concer and, and Cash are gonna are gonna get some returns, which is what a lot of us are banking on. Yeah, absolutely. And what else is standing out for me is Newcastle up to fifth yeah. for the last six games, ninety one point eight minutes per actually conceding on penalty. It's there in the data. The middling fixtures, tenth on the on the FDR on the fixture difficulty, but really, really strong numbers they've been putting in. Yeah, I mean they're controlling games now, like really nicely, and they've got they've got players who this is, and you know, with this is without Trippier as well, and it's you know it's not signing kind of well. I mean, Bruno Gamiris was the best signing they made, but they also <laughs> made clever in. signings with Target <laughs> and and Burn. But these are guys who weren't even first choice really in in the clubs they were. At, but had a point to prove when they moved over. Byrne was obviously a Newcastle fan. Target had been di- displaced by by Dean. So there was... They had clever- Steve Bruce in charge. I think that is... The, <laughs> yeah. They had Steve Bruce in charge and now they've got someone who actually has a plan and they've bought some good players and they've got a little bit more luck. But none, none of us none of us were expecting Newcastle to improve that much defensively. We thought oh, there's no, no doubt think they would attacking-wise. No, but, but it just shows you if you've got a system and you've got, you know obviously a better quality of player as well in certain positions and they have got lucky with injuries as well I think they've had been unlucky throughout the season Lascelles has been in and out in a sense maximum occasionally um, you know it's all sort of come together I, mean, I know they got unlucky with Trippier but um, yeah it just seems the perfect blend I think if anything they're playing very well and you know obviously with the money and stuff it might carry on but you'd like to think if they had this same squad eventually it would probably start to dip again you know it's probably a little bit of a high but um, it's impressive it's really impressive what they've done because I think at one point everyone thought they were pretty much gone well, yeah. Newcastle are relevant when we get to the captain conversation later because obviously they host Liverpool uh, this week and there'll be people piling on Liverpool players for the captaincy, of course. Um, right at the bottom there, we talked about Southampton, fifth best fixtures over the last six matches, bottom of the defensive data. They've conceded an XG every 42 minutes, so two, two, point, two goals expected to be conceded per game. Southampton over the last six, pretty miserable. Um, on the beach Livermento now, yeah, out, now out for eight. Yeah, what, to, I think in a whole gutting. year or something, like eight months or something. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, team attacking data we're bringing up, and this is less rosy. But if we we are considering Leicester, Villa, New and Everton, um, those teams are you know, found in the lower half of the season data. Um, you know, Leicester were tenth for xG per non penalty per game, sixty nine point eight. Aston Villa are 14th, 75.7. And then your evidence, 17th, 81.6. Only Burnley, Wolves and Norwich um, are, are generating XG at a slower pace than Everton over the season. And if you look at the last six matches, it's not much better. Everton are 18th. Leicester are right at the bottom. 20th. I couldn't believe that. That was Crazy, the biggest shock. Leicester... 100 minutes per XG over the last six matches. Yeah. I mean, that that to me, because we all knew that the, the struggles Leicester were having defensively, you know, with all the rotation, the goals they're conceding, all that, but they've still been featuring quite highly, you know, in all the all the charts that we've looked at, because, you mm. know, they've, they've got good attacking players, Madison Barnes, Ianacho Vardy, whoever's in. For them to be bottom of the attack data over the last six matches, and they've had the eighth best fixtures as well. Look at the minutes per chance, 11. Only Watford have equaled that. So that's the yeah. lowest, they're creating chances at the lowest rate of any team other than Watford. Minutes per big chance, 108 minutes. Again, lower than any other team apart from Everton. See, I, I really think that this is to do, like in modern football, especially with 
these top teams and stuff, it's not just about having the good players. It is about having a system of play and knowing how to play, you know, in patterns. You can you can look at Man United, for example, who haven't got a clue, you know, how to play like that. And you, mm. we just talked about how coming in for Bruce and improving that. Obviously, you look at Klopp and you look at Guardiola and how they, you know, the patterns of play and how they look to beat their opponents. When you're Leicester and you're Brendan Rodgers, I'm not saying he's a bad tactician, but when you're literally changing the 11 pretty yeah. much week on week for a different player, a different system, even changing formations throughout the season, that can't be good for lending itself to chance creation. I, I don't know how they know where everyone is on the pitch, you know, yeah. and who they're even passing to. You know, usually it's about repeating certain patterns in football, isn't it? Try, Arteta obviously tries to, tr- tries to focus on a certain pattern that will enable Saka to get the ball in a certain area, for example. What the hell's Brendan Rodgers doing in the training room every day? He's putting it up on the board and just scribbling it around like some sort of doodle or etch a scratch. They're relying on individual brilliance at times. You know, Barnes beating a man and slopping into the corner. Madison hitting one from 30 yards. You know, that... They're, they're yeah, not, they're losing Vardy seem, and who yeah. they've been playing with for all these years and obviously their whole pattern of play has been around using Vardy and he's just been out and I just think that you know because he's the system together, he's a system he has been the system hasn't yeah. he and that's the yeah, worry for them they play around goes, him yeah you know, they've back. tried to bring in da- he is he is back yeah so maybe they can just fit it in but I mean they bought Dakar who's you know I think he's probably seen as the long term replacement for Vardy um yeah it looks like it could have worked in patches but then they've not really given the opportunity or he's not really taken it I'm not sure. So you're changing your mind on Leicester assets, not having seen this data. As I mean, you said you were keen on them, but this is pretty dreadful. It is awful. Yeah, I'm hoping though, like like we were talking about earlier, that the rotation does ease off a little right. bit, and I, I think we might. We're still there's still going to be rotation. I'm not expecting Barnes and Madison to start every single match now at the end of the season. But I think given that there is this much bigger gap between you know the second leg of that game and, and at the end of 35, and then you know four games, I think we're going to see more minutes for some of the key assets and hopefully this this stuff will improve. But it is difficult to recommend buying, heavily investing in Leicester despite having good fixtures based on this kind of data. I, I think you can have, I mean, when it's home to Everton and home to Norwich, and like we've just said, they're so good, those fixtures, that it can transcend that. Those are last six at the end of the day down there. And we saw previously, like you mentioned, they were a lot higher than that. So... I think you just simply take the chance on a good player and a good fixture. And if they get, if Madison gets home to Everton, home to Norwich, Madison I'd be surprised, the one. I'd be surprised the one. if you, I mean, obviously you could blank because I've already talked about the variance in one individual game, but I think, you know, out of all the options available, he is an, a nice option that you'd like for that week and he'll be heavily coveted yeah. as a result. 10th over the season and 20th over the last six. So there's definitely been a massive regression and it just could be fatigue in the European. Mm. Um, word for those holding Veghorst, uh, Burnley <laughs> yes, are seventh ridiculous. over the last six matches. Uh, XG every 62.2 minutes. They've had the 14th banked fixtures, <laughs> so they've had pretty poor fixtures. What? Seventh, ahead of West Ham, ahead of Leeds, ahead of Newcastle. You know, it's great to see. You know, ben me, mastermind. All Absolutely. this time, Sean Dyche was holding them back for all those years, basically. Is that, was that what we're saying? And Weghorst is is not terrible, apparently. Let's well, see, it's almost like we, we might have touched on that. More data on him to come later as well. That's in case. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to bring up a graphic by Ted Talks now. Ted Talks, bless him. He, I love Ted. He works for Scout. He does he's his own channel as well. And he churns out these great graphics. And we've mm. never really featured them on Black Box before. But he did a couple this week that really caught my eye. And this is relevant to what we're going to be talking about tonight, which is the Villa assets, a bit of Spurs, a bit of Man City as well. And also lament um, Robertson, who's just flying on this chart. Basically, it it kind of plots um, explosivity, if that's a word, versus reliability. So you've got one axis that shows um, the percentage of uh, matches where they did a a return. And then you've got percentage of double-digit hauls since January 2022. 
Robertson is right at the top. He's um, he's been flying uh, since that date. Um, and and then you've got you know, other Liverpool players around that cluster with, with Trent, Jota, Matip. De Bruyne is in there as well. But what I wanted to focus on is the Villa players because we're looking at them tonight as possible saviours. Look where Watkins is, like right at the bottom for oh. double-digit halls, right at the bottom for Don't at least Don't talk returns. to me about Watkins, man. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> fail he's been this season. I mean, I mean, it's only the fact that Watkins has done so badly that we're distracted from the Danny Ings debacle, aren't we? I mean, mm. what, it's, it's, it's been really disappointing, Watkins and Ings. I had Watkins for eight games. Eight mm. games. Now, two of them, he randomly missed through COVID or the game got postponed, so I can't even blame him for that as much as I want to. Mm. Uh, he scored zero goals and got me zero assists. So I know we shouldn't carry uh, that with us because it's not sensible in FPL to have vendettas or hatred, as I'm talking to you. But um, I don't know what you mean, mate. But yeah, Watkins has tainted me. And it's annoying because undoubtedly with the fixtures and the fact that at the moment, at least, he seems to be playing up front, there's an argument to get him, isn't he? Three returns returns in 12 starts, basically, he's given since January 2022. And you compare that to Robertson, who's at the top here, 17 returns in 12 starts. (laughs) Incredible, incredible stuff. And I mean, Coutinho... He's cheaper as well, isn't he? Coutinho is better. it's, It's eight returns from 12 starts. And those returns... You know, have been you know some of them double figures, right? So thirty percent of them have been double figures. Uh, but the one that stands out here from the Villa assets is cash, right? So you see, he's had he's had the fourteen starts and eleven returns, which is excellent. As I know, you got your eye on him, right? I have indeed got my eye on him. Yeah, I mean, it was it was you know a, weeks ago it was that big choice of Dean or or Cash, and I got Dean in initially, and he did okay, and then did absolutely terribly for everyone. And then it was Cash, who was the big hero in that double game. He got like 23 or 24 points, didn't he? Or something like that. Absolutely good two, two returns. And yeah, I mean, Coutinho and Cash to me are, are the obvious ones. I mean, Watkins, I mean, 14 goals Watkins got last season. Everyone kind of thought he was going to kick on this year. I thought Gerard coming in would be good for him. They'd be looking to get mm. the ball to him more. He's playing, just not delivering. I don't think Gerard fancies Ings. He needs Gerard on the pitch, probably. To help he does. Him, right? He probably does. Yeah. Well, you, you, you think you're getting that with Ramsey, though? He's like kind of almost. Well, he was almost oh, like a Gerard light. He's a, he's a good player. He's no Gerard. No. Well, no one. No one's <laughs> a Gerard. I, I did use yeah. the word light, but but Gerard's kind of switched his role a, around a bit now. I think, and he's he's less dynamic, Gerard, and and more maybe a bit more kind of deep lying. So mm. I don't think there was a huge amount in it between Coutinho and Ramsey, maybe initially, but now mm. there is a huge amount. I think Coutinho's your your weapon, your attacking yeah. weapon. But I, I am going to be getting cash in. And I think, you know, given given the defensive data we've seen of, of Villa um, and the fact that he's, he's got these double-digit returns and the fact he loves like to get forward and we know that Gerard likes to use his, his full-backs to push on, I'm hoping he could be a bit of a, a cheeky one. Yeah, well, I'm bringing up the defender's data for the season and cash 28 for minutes per XGI non-penalty, 572.6, which... Which isn't, you know, doesn't sound great, but it, it, it ranks him alongside, you know, Livermento and Shaw, Kufau. These are fullbacks that we previously associated as being attacking fullbacks. He is definitely in that bracket, isn't he? He's not playing for a top ranked side, perhaps. Maybe that holds his numbers back. And he's not certainly in the bracket of a Trent or Doherty or Reese James, as, as this table shows. But he's in that middle bracket. He's alongside the likes of Pereira and, and Livermento mm. and, and Kufau. These are, these are names that. We always consider for that fourth and fifth defender, right, when we're picking our teams. And Cash is very much in there now. He will be at the start next season. He'll be in our thinking. And he's definitely in our thinking now, right? Yeah, he is. I mean, he got three of his four double-digit returns this season in three weeks. <laughs> so he got 14 against Brighton, and then 11 against Southampton, 
and then 18 against Leeds, uh, which is great. So he got, he got 29 points on that, on that double game week, which mm-hmm. was absolutely nuts. And then you look at kind of some of his other returns. I mean, you know, he got two of his three assists during that spell. He got two of his three goals during that spell. So he's not a player who kind of reliably gets attacking points or it doesn't seem to be this season, but he is capable of hitting these kind of big, big holes. And, mm. you know, we talk about saviors, no matter where you are kind of in the ranks, you need players who maybe not that many people own, who the underlying stats are decent. The defensive data is good. The, the attacking data isn't terrible. And he's got a history of popping up with, with the odd thing. So yeah, I like him. I, th- I think I think he's a good pick. And, he, and he's ranking above Dina this season. I mean, Dina's had a dreadful season in terms of fancy output. And the numbers suggest that although he's in the top 10 for minutes per chance created, 51.4 amongst defenders, generally his numbers rank below those of cash um, for the key key indicators here, which is minutes per shot, minutes per shot in the box, uh, and minutes per shine on penalty, uh, and minutes per point. Cash is turning 22.4 minutes per point, and Dina's coming with 32.8. So he's actually succeeded Dina hasn't he if they were both fit if they were both fit would you go cash over Dina now which yeah I mean I I, I haven't been burnt by Dean as much as a lot of other people have done I was going to say if you're thinking about bringing Dean you're just, just set <laughs> oh, your not now. on fire right no, now no but at the start of the season be if you'd for have you. gone if the start of the season if you'd have gone <laughs> if we're going to go cash or Dina for that bit of team we'd have gone Dina right? oh, 100%, 100% and that's why I yeah. had him about two or three times and uh, yeah my life's <laughs> never been the same since uh, he's yeah I don't believe in curses. I'm sure he'll sort it out at some point, but he's just, again, another one who's affected me. And clearly, uh, he is still obviously going to be a good pick at some point in the future if he can ever stay fit. How many times did he go off injured in about the last sort of six weeks before oh, he got it's, confirmed? It's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely he's, joking. He's been very, you don't believe in curses. If you see my game week history, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is true. I yeah. just wanted to say that, I mean, outside the top three teams, which everyone's got defenders from for very obvious reasons, you know, Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea, um, you look at every other defender that you could possibly have in the game from any other team. And as far as I can tell, unless you guys are going to tell me different, there is literally only cash like from Villa and maybe, you know, maybe Mings from Villa as well, just because those fixtures are so good. And because of the doubles, can you name me a single other one you'd want to buy? Cause I, I don't know who that would be. No, I mean, there's no lesser defenders really. And Pereira's highlighted in 19th in the table, but he's he's not going to get regular starts. He's in and out no. of the team. And there's, there's, so that's the problem with Leicester. You don't you can't predict their back four. And also they've been very, very leaky. So Schmeichel's your Leicester player at the defence if you go there. Everton, again, you know, they don't really have no. anyone to provide any attacking potential. There is potential. literally no one I could say to you to pick. I think at a push, you could maybe look at, uh, you know, something boring like Ben White because Arsenal have got a, a decent yeah. end to the, uh, the thing. Yeah. But outside that, I'm Nuno Tavares. To... Nuno Tavares is highlighted here. And I'm going to switch now to the defensive last six game week data. Uh, and cash in this is 32nd over the last six game weeks. He's minutes per shine on penalty go down to 725.8. So he's almost double. So he, he hasn't of late looked an attacking threat in terms of XGI, expected goal involvement. Um, but I just want to draw your attention to the names at the top. Um, Alonso, we'll talk about in a minute. Nuno Tavares, anyone? Like, he's back in that Arsenal team. He's ranked second over the last six game weeks for defenders for minutes per XGI, only to Alonso. If you could be sure that Tavares starts every game, is he worth a go? Because he's 4-3. You know, that's 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 what you're talking about there, Luke. It's like, who's yeah. the punt? It could be him. Well, if you could tell me he's going to play every game at that price, then it's not much of a risk. The The problem is that that position is quite lucrative at the moment. So you're taking away from either a Man City defender 
a Liverpool defender or a Chelsea one. So yeah. even though it looks a you know a good punt if you're not in that position where you don't have those guys, fair enough. I think it's the fact that who he's competing with just makes it just a non-option. Plus, we just don't know he's going to play every game. He's he's obviously had a couple of shockers and then been taken out the team yeah. straight away. So that could happen at any point, couldn't it? Um, that would be the concern. But, but if you're chasing. At- then, Look at Marcus yeah. Loaz. Look at those numbers. Minutes per shot, 24.3. Minutes per shot in the box, 28.7. His, his, his shots are in the box. Minutes per chance created, 35.1. You know, he's, he's, output, he's almost halving um, most other defenders. He's, he's destroying Alexander-Arnold over this period. It's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just quickly on, on Tavares, quickly. Um, yeah, go on. I I I don't I've I've changed my ways. I don't like to be massively critical of of players because they're all better than me and they're all professionals. Yeah, and you and get into trouble. Brilliant. You, you and go I get a into bit trouble. too far. You go too I get, footed. Right? I get a bit overexcited you and do. I get told off. And I'm I'm trying to avoid doing that. But Tavares is bad. He's a bad defender. <laughs> he yeah. is. A, he's a bad defender. He's he's a kind of a headless chicken type player. He's he's always he seems to be constantly in the wrong position. He's he's not where you expect him to be. He makes bad tackles. I think he makes Arsenal a worse team when he's when he's playing. Yeah, he's a liability defensively because he, he's he's a liability. And and I fa- I think the fact that Arteta put Jacker there and was like defending it afterwards and okay didn't use him there again. But the fact that he even thought that was an acceptable thing to do, I think, shows how little faith he's got in, in Tavares. So I th- I think he's he's a non he's he's a non option for me. Oh, I, if he I plays, Arsenal will concede. No, they might do because he did he did score and you're looking for some four well, three. Anyone, he's got a yeah. double. You know, Anyone watching know. this probably isn't buying him, I guess. Yeah, two nil, yeah. two livable, by the way. I I thought he was amongst the most bought defenders this week so far. I'm going to have a check. Oh God! I, I think he <laughs> shows how much I know yeah. then about I the wider. I think he was actually base. doing all right for transfers in, if I remember rightly, which is why I highlighted him. Uh, See, so maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, no, I am wrong. No, he's not. not at all. Oh, completely mistaken. <laughs> well, it won't be after this podcast. No, because Az has put the knife in again, yet <laughs> Tem- again, Tempers, brings the player Tempers. down. Uh, but yeah, Tempers. going back to Alonso, crazy numbers recently. Yeah, Alonso, these are numbers I wanted to see to him. And I think I, I was wrong a few weeks ago when I was kind of saying he wasn't featuring highly in the defense, in the defenders, but he wasn't as high as I thought he he should be, given that it's Marcus Alonso. Mm. But now he's top of that of that list. My and boy. yeah. Yeah, every well, he's yeah, he's all of our boys. We've all, he is. we've all, he's, we've all he's had fantasies, boy. He is. Mate? He's 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 absolutely sort of perfect from an FPL. Uh, but he's almost a romantic figure, isn't he? We we go we go in for him early when he starts showing any kind of form for the the idea that he could be the Alonso we all want him to be. Did you not? Think my, there's a bit of my, that? There is definitely my biggest concern with him is that Chelsea at the moment are a wreck defensively, a complete wreck, and he's not exactly the person to stabilize a a faltering backline. Hmm. So my worry been? my worry is is that is that he he does miss out occasionally but I think the data's so he's so much better than all the other defenders in terms of his data it hmm. doesn't matter because even if he plays you know two out of three games down in the season he's still he's still worth it because of his attacking threat. So I think hmm. he's I think he's a great pick. I just wouldn't be too surprised to see him. Well, looking at the defensive data, they're third Chelsea over the last six matches, but they have had the second best fixtures. So I guess you're, you know, that's that's the that's the thing there, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about Villa attackers because we we've talked talked about Cash being the option there. In the attack, we've got Coutinho, Watkins, Jacob Ramsey, and Leon Bailey. I picked him out because actually his numbers recently have been pretty good. Um, when we look at midfielders, we'll see that. Is it a straight choice then? For, is it is it straight to Casino and Ramsey as an enabler? Because uh, that, well, that's what it looks like. And I've got up here season data and last six game week data. 
Um, Watkins does perform well over the last six compared to Coutinho because Coutinho has, has literally dropped off a cliff in terms of his numbers. The, the key stat for me with Coutinho here that's showing is over the season is, is um, minutes per shot in the box has gone from 71.5 to over the last six matches dropped to 201.5. So he, he's basically not getting those opportunities in the box that he did when he first arrived in the first few games. Um, and yeah, there's been there's been a drop off for me in terms of the danger he presents on the pitch, and that's that's why I've got some. I mean, I've got him, so I've got no choice. I've got to go forward with him. But would you be going so far as to bringing him in, given that you know we talked about Madison and, and there are other players offering opportunities in midfield, of course. I think I would, yeah, definitely, because because there's you're looking for players who've got enough fixtures to have to play for someone who's going to play every game. I think Coutinho is going to going to start. I mean, there's there's a kind of a bit of a narrative around him that you could spin, isn't there, in the sense that. The, some of the rumours that I'm seeing are that Villa aren't going to exercise the the, yeah. the, the clause to, to buy him. So what does that mean in terms of him? Does it, you could, but then you could look at it both ways. He's playing for a move or to go back to Barcelona and, and start there. So is his performance going to get better or is it that he's going to be like, oh, screw you Villa, you're not even going to buy me. I'm not even going to bother. And, and are Villa going to play him in every game if that's the case as well? Well, exactly. I mean, the, the thing is they haven't got anyone else that can do what he what he does. So if, if I think if they've got aspirations to score goals and, and win games with down the end of the season, they, they have to play him because it's not like they can bring in one of the academy kids who can do some of the stuff that Coutinho does because he's, he's the magic kind of creator in the side. I think Bailey's an interesting one because he hasn't featured at all, but he was one of these kind of star boys that was brought in to replace Grealish, right? So he was the, what was it the owner said? He was like, we bought in Ings for his goals and we oh, bought in yeah. Thingy for his thingy. And Bailey for, like, his, for Grealish's dribbling. Yeah, mm. and, and, and he was he was the dribbling. It's, it's like kind of they build like an Avengers like well, yeah, strike force. It's like they're allowed to play, <laughs> Frankenstein. Allowed to play yeah. 13 players and not 11. You can't play those two extra, you know, if, if the three players equals one, that doesn't work out, does it? Right, And it hasn't. They tried no. the Stuart Downing crossing to Andy Carroll set up, yeah. they? The money ball situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I don't think Bailey's going to be a factor just because, you know, his security of starts is, is, le- is less than Coutinho. But I think, like Luke said with the defenders, you're looking at a list of, of players who no one else has got, who you want to bring in. It's quite a small pool. The midfielders mm. is obviously a, a bigger pool of, of players, but Coutinho, I think Coutinho and Madison are two of those players and, and maybe someone like Gordon who have got those double gaming fixtures and, and they're the kind of the standout ones. So I think it's a good buy. Someone's mm. put in the chat, Wendia, who's not even on this list. Mm. What's happened to him? Well, he's in and out of the team, isn't he? I mean, I think mm. I think Bailey's probably at the moment a more sure bet than Buendia is. And I've, I've brought up data over the last six, and this is why Bailey is even on the radar as a blip, basically, because he ranks fifth over the last six game weeks for minutes per extra on penalty, only off the back of two starts, right? So it's a very small sample. But he has shown up well in the games that he started. I think Bailey's a club-class player. I think that was known when they bought him. He obviously had very good data where he came from as well. It's just mm. not... He's been unlucky with injuries. He mm. certainly, you know, if you just look at the eye test, he has impressed, in his, especially at the very beginning. Um, I think there's a player there. It's just sometimes it takes a little while for it to work. I wouldn't be bringing him in. I certainly wouldn't. He's I think, playing up front, isn't he? Along, along with Watkins. I, th- I, th- well. I think that... Ings, yeah. I think the Coutinho... Is, is kind of similar to the Gareth Bale situation where obviously he's not on the same level of Bale in terms of output, but it, it's a similar path that he's followed. And it's um, these kind of players, I think really they've struggled with their consistency at the top teams. So they, they are, everyone knows that they are exceptional players, but then they've had periods like this and that kind of leads them to be you know shipped around Europe, I think, or not in Bale's case, just not even played, but with Coutinho, 
Um, it happened with Hammers Rodriguez. You know, these players have got that class there. And at the end of the day, it's that, it, it almost doesn't matter to me too much what Coutinho's data is. The fact that he, he's the player that he is and he's got the fixtures that he has. And like Az says, there's not too many other options. You're willing to give it a go, I think. That, that, that's, he, that's he could have hit a big score up. against Spurs. Like that, that game against Spurs was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I owned him. I think, Mark, you had him. Did you play mm. him in that, in that yeah, match? Yeah, I had him, yeah. Uh, you know, he 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 was taking. He was on the free kicks, great free kicks. He hit the yeah. post. He hit it just wide. And like if he if he's getting if he gets nine ten points in that game, everyone's on him. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so you say you can overlook the data if you've got it. So would you overlook the data? Not not, not overlook in? it. I don't I don't say overlook it. I, I, at the moment, I looked at it. I don't know if you go back to that screen before. It was uh, minutes. You had minutes per goal involvement. It was roughly over across the season around two hundred. So if we just say one hundred and eighty minutes. That's two games. Yeah, we're bringing we're yeah. bringing him in for two games, and you're likely to get a return. That says, and let's bear in mind that the two games he's playing are also probably better than your average two games. So if you bring in Coutinho in and you get a return or maybe two, you've done pretty well out of it. I think he's fine for that. I wouldn't be concerned about shots in the box particularly. Obviously, I'd like him to have shots in the box, but that's never really been Coutinho's game. You know, he's never really been the guy. Yeah, and his chances that. created haven't dipped that much. So he's gone from 50.1, and if you look over the last six, it's 57.6. So he stayed at a level in terms of chance creation. It's just really his, his more direct goal threat has, has kind yeah. of petered out a bit. Let, let, let's not try and dress it up. If the fixtures weren't there, then we wouldn't be talking no. about him. It's, no. it's as simple as and that. I, but, I, and I wouldn't have held him, basically. I, th- um, I think the, the, the question more is if you were going to buy, say you were in the market for a midfielder, say you had someone that you that you didn't want and you, and you could have pretty much anyone in the game. Okay, not including like Salah, De Bruyne, Mane, those kind of guys. But is there really a better option than Coutinho given that he's got Norwich in 35 and then back-to-back double game weeks and 37 in particular, Palace and Burnley at home is a nice like, double. I, th- I think he's, him and Madison to me, are, are, and maybe Foden, are the, are the stand-up midfielders that people should be angling for there is, there is a few in that bracket isn't there because there's still Saka at that bracket yeah I was going to say yeah. and there's still Kulaveski I mean people have kind of gone probably cold on him because Spurs have not scored in the last two games but he's obviously very cheap and his date is good as well I'd say I'd, 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 be, I'd be I'd be getting Cout over Kulaveski any day I, I, I would as well yeah if you had a straight choice you're not I don't think you'd, you'd be think. getting Coutinho over Kulaveski 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 yeah. Luke can't <laughs> say it either <laughs> I can say it when I see it I have you, to look right, at the name he's 30th Kulaveski yeah there he we is go. Yeah, exactly I'm like that as well so you would if you didn't have Saka or Kulaveski and you were getting a midfielder around that bracket you'd go Coutinho would you ask I think Saka's an interesting one because Saka on penalties is 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 something quite quite unique. I mean, you know, West Ham and then Leeds and Spurs. I mean, these these are good fixtures, I, I think, for for Saka. So I think Saka, assuming that he's fit, I mean, he's got this knock, and we don't know kind of the the full extent of it. We we assume he's going to be all right, but we don't really know. I think Saka is probably your kind of long longer term. I say longer term. It's not many that that many weeks left. I, don't I think Saka's a better pick than Coutinho, just. But I think yeah. with the free hit thrown in there as well, depends on when you're going to use it. You know, it's going to apply different to every team, isn't it? Yeah. Um, is the bottom line. Yeah, you don't, um, you don't have to get Coutinho if you can free hit in 37. No, I mean, way. for me, I'm probably going to free hit in 37. So for me, I'll probably have him in free hit on 37. And, and maybe I can avoid him either, you know, either side of that because like we just discussed, Saka does his job basically. He's in the same price. And I, I don't think there's enough to make a transfer there. Um, you I think mentioned... he's a good option this week, though, isn't he? Don't you mm. think he is a good option for home? home to... I know, um, Coutinho, just home yeah, to Norwich. Yeah, yeah, home to Norwich. I'm playing it's just, him It's, for it's sure. the best fixture, yeah. isn't it? So We've seen before, Norwich bring out the best in teams, don't they, in the opposition? <laughs> Certainly do, yeah. Um, I want to talk about Foden because you mentioned him there. Look where he is on this. He's 63rd out of all midfielders for minutes per XGI on penalty over the last six game week. 
397.6 minutes per XGR. And if you go back to the season data for midfielders, he's eight. Top 10. He's yeah. eighth on 139.6. So he's absolutely plummeted over the last six games. Now that is over, if we go back, it's over four starts. He's got one goal in that run. I mean, Luke, you got your eyes on City. Do you put that down to anything? Is it a change in role or what's going on there? I think it's a it's a small sample data of data, and I think he's obviously been of late. Foden's been used a little bit, especially in the last couple, um, on the left wing more than in centre forward. Which hmm. you know, it's, I wouldn't say that necessarily hampered him in the past because he's done well in both positions. Um, he's just been unfortunate in the games he played. If he'd have played in that Watford game, for example, I don't, I don't think it would any be anything like that. It would be a lot yeah. higher. Um, I just think it's unfortunate circumstances. I don't think there's any problem there. My concern with Foden would be, would, does he play versus Leeds? Because obviously, I don't think anyone doubts he's going to play versus Real Madrid. And we saw he got dropped for Watford for the first leg. So will he get dropped versus Leeds as well? That's that's open for debate, isn't it? I think from now on, um, anyway, sort of excluding Leeds, where I think he probably is slightly a risk, he's still just a great player. He's you know he's mm. top 10 for XGI and the fixtures are great. So I think, yeah, he's, he's another one in that bracket that you definitely would want a piece of, I think. Okay, I want to talk about alternatives, as we've just discussed. Yeah, no, we said, yeah, I mean, Madison and Coutinho, right? But I don't think Mm. you'd get off Foden, would you? It's whether you bring him in. No, I don't. I don't think so. No, I think I think bringing him in is probably a lot of people are looking at that, and it's it's just risky this week, isn't it? But after that, I think, um, yeah, I think I still think he's a great pick. Yeah, I think he's. I've had him all season, and to be honest, I know his his points have been slightly underwhelming for what the potential was, but I think that's more due to bad luck than anything else. I think he's a great pick still. Well, he's not in the table I've just brought up, which is the top FBL midfielder's last six game weeks. And I'm bringing this up because I'm looking at at De Bruyne right? and I'm Foden's teammate. And De Bruyne has been in tremendous form, there's no doubt. He's got 42 points over his last six game weeks, but also in Europe last night again. Absolutely stellar. Uh, the players that you can get in your heavy-hitting midfielder, if you've got that ability, if you've got Salah, you're going to keep him. I haven't got Salah, so I'm looking at Son and De Bruyne. If you've got Kane, you could, of course, sell him now and go and double up Salah with one of Son and De Bruyne. What's your view on these three at the moment? Where would you put the pecking order? Would you still put Salah above them, even though the last six game weeks Son is there? I mean, is it? are we giving would, up yeah. on Son and Kane? I wouldn't say giving up. Me personally, Salah's top, and that's pretty much undisputable. I think... Between Son and De Bruyne, it's closer, but I still would have Son above just because I think that, you know, his data is generally better in terms of uh, his XG and getting points. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne always seems to have this magical ability to supersede his his expected involvement or his expected points. And we know that, you know, he needs an assist to probably get bonus because he's so creative. But it does strike me that he's on a, a particularly good patch as well in terms of, he's playing very well. He's obviously a top tier player. He could, you know, who's to, he could outperform that at any point, but I think he's also been getting a little bit lucky as well. You know, I don't think the returns are going to continually keep coming in like that. He's still a great pick for me, like absolutely. But I think when there's other options, even in that team, and if you're not going to captain him, again, it's on the situation, right? If you're trying to be different like you are, Mark, mm. there's no reason not to go De Bruyne. We're talking about five weeks from the end of the season. If you want to increase yeah. your variance and go for a differential captain and have him for most of the time, absolutely no problem. Yeah. But if we're talking just... Pure optimal play, then Salah is the best for me, followed by Son. Then it's De Bruyne. And yeah, yeah. That, I mean, all, all the, the models are saying to me, get rid of Podence, get Gordon, and then move Fernandez to Salah. But I'm not going to do that because I don't want to move to Salah because I don't, I don't see there's any point in me doing that now with five games to go. I'm going to move to De Bruyne, I think, 
10% ownership. He's got the form. He's got the double. Yeah. In, in it's also the minutes, right? I know we can be fairly secure on De Bruyne's minutes, but it's Suns, you can be secure, right? So that, yeah. that's also a, a benefit. And I think the games in particular, there's two. I, mean, I like Spurs' games that are coming up, really. I think yeah. they're more suited to their style. I think it's very easy for people to get twisted to a narrative they've not scored in the last two games and they've lost Doherty and you know they're suddenly terrible but I seem to remember Kane and Son scoring a hell of a lot of goals before Doherty turned up and I don't think it's 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 definitely a loss to not have him in the team but I don't think it's to the point where Kane and Son are not going to be options anymore or anything like that you know the games are going to be more open I think and in particular I mean they've got Norwich the final day of the season to me that screams you know, if you want to be different on that final day, Sun captain versus Norwich, I think when you look at the other games, could be one of those ones where he hits three or four goals, I think quite comfortably. You know, he's got a chance there. Mm, um, dreading then, that game. And then there's the Leicester game as well, right, which is sandwiched perfectly between See, this, Roma this is and what I, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether to go Son for the short term, then switch to... Because what do you think about Spurs' double? That's the worry for me. City's double. See, I don't worry as great. much as people. The fixtures are worse, so I think it's it's bad. But Liverpool like we're Arsenal, just dis- right, for Spurs? I think their their games that they'll their attackers will find easier than some of the low block teams that they face. And I know that sounds strange, but I think a lot of people will probably agree with me there mm. that they'll and, probably and, you know, find more space in those games. Kane has got a good record in derbies, and he and he actually got a good record with Anfield, as I've said before. As what do you what do you think about Spurs? I mean, because I've got this choice of going over Son or De Bruyne. Son's better for this week, but De Bruyne's got the better double now with Newcastle Wolves. Where would you go, and what do you think about the Spurs double? I, th- I think De Bruyne is the obvious choice for you, given the fact that City's fixtures are incredible. Leeds, Newcastle, Wolves, West Ham, Villa. I mean, they don't struggle, in my opinion, in any of those games, especially that West Ham game as well. When it, it, okay, if, if West Ham reached the final, that's that's that could be that could be really big, as I kind of mentioned earlier. I think you know De Bruyne missed the um, the, the semi final in the FA Cup. There was a bit of an injury doubt around him straight back in against Watford. Subbed mm. off, okay, 53 minutes when they're, when they're comfortably that, winning that's it. That's the bit, isn't it? Mm. But he, he's, off, yeah. he's, he's playing every game though, like when, when, he's, when he's in the side. Yeah, and he, and he, he is will. the most heavily involved. He's the most heavily involved one. He's the best asset to own by a clear I think the problem we've got is at the moment it looks great because, and the weekend's a good example, they scored a lot of goals and Kevin De Bruyne was involved in them. Great. But, but they went up a lot of those goals and then De Bruyne come off and Pep pretty much said in a video I don't know if you saw it that if they're winning comfortably I've got to protect him I'll take him on if we yeah. weren't winning he'd stay on now there are going to be occasions believe it or not where Man City might score two or three goals and Devin De Bruyne hasn't managed to get involved in it and he's going to come off yeah. so in terms that's why but, Son is always going to be favoured over De Bruyne but his minute I mean De Bruyne's minutes are 90, 90 79, 90 77, 90 82 and then 56 so yeah, like, but this is where it's going to change, 80, I think. He's getting subbed at, like, 80 minutes. I mean, that, you're still getting 80 minutes. Yeah, and arguably Son's getting that subbed at that point as well. He, but, he is, he is. But you think fair. it's going to change at this point, do you? What, what's behind that? Well, I, I just think that he he needs him, as he keep, as Pep said it in his own words. I'm going to play him, and he'd be kept on. If we weren't winning, he would stay on the pitch. And if we're winning comfortably, I'm going to take him off because he's so crucial to the way they're playing. So... You know, I, I, I'm not saying he's not a good option. I just think that Sun's probably a slightly safer one. And in your position, you don't necessarily need safe marks. So it's not really, it doesn't really apply to you. You know this anyway. You know it yourself. De, De Bruyne's the ultimate kind of differential, possibly explosive, might not get as many minutes, might regress a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Sun's yeah. the consistent man for many yeah. seasons doing this, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm going to bring up another of Ted's graphics because this is, this is quite interesting in terms of how the Spurs assets have dropped off. This one is measuring player momentum. And it's got changing non-penalty XGI across the bottom and then changing non-penalty attacking returns across the uh, Y-axis. 
And what we're seeing here for people on the podcast is Kane, Kulazewski and Son have, have dropped off um, over the last four game weeks compared to the four game weeks before in terms of their non-penalty XGI. Uh, and Kane has dropped off massively in terms of non-penalty attacking returns as well. But his fixtures have got stiffer. So the, the last four have been harder fixtures than the four previously. So that maybe explains the drop-off. But this is, this is why, I mean, visually represents why people are actually doubting whether to go back to Son and Kane or hold Son and Kane. Do you, if you have them, do you hold them, Luke? Yeah, to me that's laughable. It's just so short term to think like, and this is what caused people to try and go off of Sun previously, and then he went yeah. mad, and then he. Like, <laughs> and it it cost us, didn't it? I just don't know how you can read anything into two weeks. I just don't understand how people do it. it must be exhausting, you know. The fact, any team in the world, including Man City, could not score a lot of goals in two weeks. Sometimes but it's they not, score it, one. It's, it's it's four game weeks, so it's the last four game weeks compared right. to the four beyond that. But right? so it's, it's a small that, sample. But they scored three against Villa after Doherty went off. Right, I know the data wasn't great in that game either, but they still managed to score in that game. So I see a lot of people, the reason I keep saying that is I keep seeing a lot of people saying Doherty's had a massive effect. I believe it's had an effect, but I don't think it's to the level people think. The fixtures are good. They're top tier players and it's as simple as that to me. They they will find a way again. Having said that, I backed Kane and someone Conte first came in and Spurs had great games and they did nothing to begin with. So <laughs> use that information how you want. But you, I, I think they're fine. You look at the company Spurs are keeping in this chart though, and it's the likes of Bruno Fernandes and, and, and Foden, who we've just talked about, and Coutinho, who we just talked about, where the numbers don't look great. So there has been a drop-off in the data for the, for the Spurs assets. There's no doubt about that. Do you read anything into this? Kane worries me. Mm. Kane worries me when I, when I see a chart like this and I see him playing without a smile on his face. That's the other issue. That again. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, launch I mean, my headset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it's interesting because they're, they're not out. Obviously, not out of the top four race um, no, at, at all. all. They're, they're, no. they're still they're still well into it. I think you know Arsenal obviously losing those three games. If if they picked up points in those, you could argue that it would be over. But there's only two points in it between Arsenal and Spurs. Um, so they you know you talk about on the beach playing for your futures and all this kind of stuff. They've, they've got that if you're buying into that kind of narrative. The issue with Kane is that. He's become this kind of team player again. And I'm seeing him like clear balls off the line in, in games. And if you're a Spurs fan, you're thinking, amazing, we've got our captain clearing balls off the line. Uh, purely from left PL perspective, I've got Kane, stop getting on the bloody, getting the other goal like thing. Stop spraying passes in the midfield. You know, we, that's not what we, where we kind of want you to see. And the trouble with Kane is that, okay, there aren't many striker options to go to, but there are options that I like in De Bruyne, and, you know, you could even argue someone like Mane pairing him with Salah. You can look at, uh, you, you know, there's, there's there's these kind of fairly, like, I, I want to use, I can use that money, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what in, I'm saying. In, in, like, so you can have Salah and, and one of Son or De Bruyne and then go exactly. a cheaper striker up front. Yeah, exactly. so there is that on the table, yeah. And and because the, there's not long left of the season now uh, as well. So every game that you hold Kane and you see another performance of him not, looking the attacking threat that you want him to be is another kind of potential game week lost where someone like De Bruyne or Son, Son smashes it. So he, he, he does concern me. Um, if I was wildcarding this week and we're going to be talking about wildcards later, he wouldn't be on my wildcard team. Mm. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I'm looking at forwards over the last six game weeks. It's interesting that Jesus has leapt to the top. He's actually leapt to the top of the season data for Minix Brechtshine on penalty as well after the back of that performance. Last time out, Kane is eight. So annoyed me so much yeah. that performance. <laughs> Crazy came from nowhere, didn't it? Because we could have, we could have had it, Mark. We could have done, but we 
Well, I did say it. I, you'd, I, never, you'd never still pick him in a free fest, hit, Someone asked me who are the front three are for City in that game? And I got it right. I said Grealish, Jesus and Sterling. But I never really... No, because I was so sold on Werner and I was so sold on going in Kessie if I was going to go to up front. So the slots were already taken. And, and the double defence just looks so yeah, double nailed on. It just... Yeah, yeah Diaz was slightly ropey, wasn't he? I, I, yeah, it can happen in any game, but he's only just come back. I think that's a little bit of a factor. He's not quite up to speed yet, I think. And they've obviously got injuries in that area, but yeah, I think I think the Jesus one, I mean, if you're going to pick a six sample and he scored four goals in one of them, he's obviously going to jump right to the top. But he has got a... We know this about Man City, all of the players, but especially, you know, Aguero, Jesus, whoever was in there. If you play up front for Man City, you've got a chance of being right up there for yeah. the data. Jesus' problem is he's, he's never really been a particularly good finisher. And the data shows that over a long, long time. I think he's one of the most underperforming... Uh, strikers on XG, I don't know, maybe ever or at least for a long time. I think he's it's something like insane. 17 goals less than what he should have. And mm. we're talking about a long sample. So I think it's since 2016, 17, I think, since Man City. So like 150, 180 games, something like that. And he's he scored a lot less. But, you know, in individual games, it doesn't matter. He's home to Watford. He's playing up front for Man City. That can happen. They obviously gave him the the penalty to, to help him with I know Patrick. Sterling would have got that wouldn't he yes, he, if he, he, <laughs> yeah, Honestly. He, he potentially would or De Bruyne every yeah, time I got my, the, the, my phone dinged I was like it's got something for Sterling here I know Jesus I know. again he's like, playing very well though not to poop like, he is playing well and I think he played himself into the team for Pep he did yeah, yeah, he, yeah he did and um, yeah but I think the Madrid performance, although again he was good, should remind us what really he is about. And that is about a lot of energy, pressing really well, mm. creating space for others, not necessarily banging four goals. Yeah. It could happen, but I. Most yeah, ball player it, in FPL, Gabriel Jesus. Most, yeah, exactly. Doesn't, most doesn't surprise player. me. Yeah. They could get lucky for Leeds because it's a perfect kind of game for him tactically. It's just, does he use him now? In, does he use him against Leeds or does he want to mm. use him against Madrid again? It's, you know, we're back to square one again, aren't we? It's quite tough. So looking at forward options here, we've talked about Watkins. He's down in 20th over the last six games for minutes per XGI. Above him is the likes of Ian Acho, Richarlison and, and Vegorst and, and Eddie and Kessier. Uh, Richarlison, we haven't spoken about him tonight. Everton are probably limited to just Anthony Gordon and maybe Richarlison. What's your take on, on the Brazilianers? I don't mind him, you know. Um, Pens, think- of course. I mean, you look at you look at the you look at the fixtures of of teams in in these double game weeks, and okay, they've got they've got Chelsea next, which is one of the benefits of going for a Aston Villa player because you can buy them early and get that Norwich at home game. Yeah. But I mean, Everton against Leicester and then Watford, and then they're better at home, much better at home. They were the worst team in the league away, but those those two away games are are winnable. Um, Watford have got one of the worst home records in the league. Something's got to give in in that game. So I don't hate those two matches. And then you look at the two home matches they've got in 37 in Brentford and Palace. And okay, they've, they've, they're teams that have both improved, but I think they're teams in which Everton could, could score in those. Richarlison's on penalties. I, I, I don't hate it. I, again, I, mm-hmm. I don't hate it. And, and again, it comes down to the lack of striking options again. But I think when we're looking at the pool of players in these back-to-back double game weeks to consider, there aren't many. There's, there's cash, there's there's Coutinho, there's Watkins with an asterisk, which is you're not going to get any points here. And then for Everton, there's Gordon and Richardson. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Gordon's a gift, isn't he? I mean, I think I prefer him to Ramsey myself because I think he, he's more integral, more likely to play. He seems a more attacking threat, although Ramsey could pull a return out, that's for sure. But I think, I think most, people most agree enabler. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon mm. over Ramsey as enabler, I think. He's the only thing is the bookings. Pieces. It's the bookings. He does pick up the yellow cards and then. Yeah, he, yeah, he's my bench boost weapon, Gordon, because he's he's easy to get to. You got to have one. Games. The rest of them are shocking. 
exactly <laughs> on your bench <laughs> unless you've sorted it out okay let's get to not. let's get to the uh, predictions I haven't got pot noodles graphic but we've got the fixtures and we've got our predictions let's try and keep a good pace through these uh, we'll start with Newcastle Liverpool it's an interesting one this because we looked at the data earlier Newcastle defensive data very strong we've all backed the Liverpool win now Newcastle what they've won six consecutive home games it's a it's a tough fixture this I've gone two now you've gone three one Luke, and as you've gone 2-1, are we all really confident on this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, obviously they're playing tonight, Liverpool. Uh, they're yeah. going to rotate a bit. I'd expect to see Matip and Jota come back into the team. You don't think they'll have any trouble then picking Newcastle? I think it's like you say, it's a tough game. It's straight after Europe. It could be some jitters, but Liverpool are just far, far superior in attacking areas to most teams. So you've got to back them to score. Maybe I've gone a bit eccentric with three. In fact, I found myself putting a lot of goals this week. I don't know why, mm. but something took over me and I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, but you still, you still, they're still going to be the bookies' favourite to win the game, aren't they? They're still the favourite to do it and they've got some of the best attackers in the league. So yeah, can they score two goals against Newcastle? Can they score three? Absolutely. And I expect they probably will. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think it'll be an easy game. So I've gone for 2-1. No. But I mean, I mean, Newcastle's home record, 1-0 against Palace, 2-1 against Leeds, 1-0 against Wolves, 2-1 against Brighton, 1-0 against Villa, 3-1 against Everton. You've got to go right back to game week 22 in which they got a draw. You know, the, the last time they lost was in game week 18 at home to Man City. Can't really blame them for that. It's so, Nottingham Forest like that record. It's incredible. It's, yeah, it's it, <laughs> a great result for them yeah. last night as well. So, yeah, I, I think it, I think it'd be, a, it'd be a good game, but Liverpool were a better team and should win. It's kind yeah. of... What Luke said. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and we've gone very similar scores with Villa Norwich. We're back in the home win. Again, it's the Norwich factor rather than confidence in Villa, I would say, Luke. Yeah. Pretty much. You're home to Norwich. You can't ask for a better fixture in the calendar. So I've got to back them to win and maybe I've put a little bit of spice on top. But <laughs> You've gone 3-1 again to the home team. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've gone 2-0 as an I. Uh, Southampton Palace, difficult one to read this one. Obviously, the Southampton on the beach factor we talked about earlier. Is it on the beach or not? Is it just fatigue, young players? But as you've gone 2-0 Palace, I've gone 1-0 Palace. Luke, you've gone goals galore again, 2-all. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, yeah, on the beach. So what does that mean? Does that mean they're going to score a load of goals and ship a load of goals? They're not going to score goals because they can't be bothered? Like, which end do you of the pitch do you apply it to? Because their games recently have been, you know, quite goal-heavy. But I don't know. I just think both teams are... Uh, Palace have... Pass really frustrate me, and I think it's just the whole <laughs> Guita in goal again thing. The whole oh, they yeah. really frustrate that, me as the well. The fact that the stats are so good and they look like they promise so much, and occasionally in patches they show it, but then they just don't really seem Ga to get Gallagher over was a thing. Do you remember Gallagher? He was a he thing. He was, yeah. I think he's exhausted. To be fair to him, he's run, you know, he run a full season in about half a season compared to everyone else. <laughs> Um, I don't know if this this feels a very hard game to call. I think they'll just yeah two two. I've gone for, but honestly, okay. I wouldn't be surprised by anything there. Look at this Watford Burnley. I haven't gone a one nil Burnley. I got the, got it right this week. But I've gone one all Watford Burnley. Uh, Luke, you've gone two one. But as you've gone the one nil Burnley. Is that a Vouter Vouter goal? Just Watford are so bad at home. Just so unbelievably bad at home. And Burnley are good now. That's <laughs> that. That's what I've gone with. Mm, yeah. Okay, next one is Fetch your conifers as this is live. Get down the garden centre. It's Wolves hey, versus Brighton. Steady. Come on, this looks terrible, doesn't it? Blimey. I do need some logs for the barbecue. Look at this. Look, Wolves. Are strawberries in Brighton. season? Or? Oh, I don't I'm know. Not, Did no. the garden centre sell them? No more to Mine maybe. does. Mine's our okay. market, Mark. Definitely. You um, <laughs> as you've gone 1 0 Brighton, I've gone 1 0 Wolves, and Luke. 
the goalmaster has gone nil nil. Yeah, so. I had I had to sort of take some out of somewhere, and this made yeah. uh, made sense to take it out of here. Yeah, four all thriller confirmed. Yeah, Dreadful, probably dreadful game on paper. This, I mean, these two teams we picked out earlier when we were looking at teams that had nothing to play for. Um, see, see, at least when Wolves had Triore, you would tune in for some banter every now and then, or some, or him to run past a few people. And, yeah, you know, we, they don't even have that anymore. I miss an oiled up, muscly dude running around the pitch. Oh, I wonder where you were going with that. But yeah. <laughs> Ever since wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Neto, though, we need him back and playing. We do, we need him we? fit and playing. Now, next season, yeah. you know, he could be a factor. Mm. I mean, he's going to be cheap and in, hopefully he can recreate the form which he's, he's, he showed the season before last. But yeah, they haven't really been in the... I mean, like Palace, they haven't been a factor in our seasons, really. We flirted with him and Ez, haven't we? I've even gone in for Podence. But... Well, I, I got him for a red card. That was lovely. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Against Leeds. And it's Leeds up next against Man City. I've gone 2 0 as of you, as, and you've gone the 3 1 again. A popular score for Luke this week, 3 1. It is, isn't it? Yeah. We don't think they'll have any trouble here then, City Luke. Again, I wouldn't have thought so. The way they're playing at the moment, I think Leeds may be able to get a goal. I think just Man City have got, people seem to forget they have got a lot of injuries at the back at the moment. And again, it's this whole system thing. I know they've got world class players to come in and replace, but it's. You know, the players they've been playing with the most of the, the season, right? And Cancelo will be back. I think that's a big factor. He, You know, not having a right back was obviously a big issue for them against Madrid. So Cancelo probably comes in a right back. You've got either Ake or Zinchenko at left back. And then you've got Laporte and Diaz. So it's still obviously four very good names there. Um, so they should be okay. But I just think the way Diaz is playing, maybe they can give up a goal to lead. Okay. Uh, Everton, Chelsea, close one. As you've gone 1-0... I've gone two one Chelsea and you've gone one all. Um just sneaking a victory then as. Yeah, I mean I was both kind of impressed with Everton against Liverpool and also massively turned off by Everton in that game because it was a it was a strange game to watch. Like from a football perspective, it was kind of just dreadful. You've Charles and Dry diving all over the place, you know, Dyke I don't know, it was, it was a but it it was what they needed to do, right? And, yeah, spoiler, and, and, right? Yeah, it was a spoiler. So yeah, and they're gonna have to do that again against Chelsea. I think Chelsea will just have en- have enough, but I'm interested to know what Chelsea turns up tomorrow against United because mm. if they play like they did against West Ham, they'll struggle in that and they'll struggle in this one as well, I imagine. But if you should bought, still win. If you bought in Chelsea assets, would you carry them into the double game week given that the Leeds game is going to be a rotation point? Would you hold on to them or would you start... I think, thinking- I think, yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to and, and you look at someone like Barnes for inspiration because he was someone who I bought in and I knew was going to get rotated but then he did play and did get a goal. So you have to kind of assume you're not going to get Loads of minutes, but then by attrition, you're going to get some for, for good players playing for good side. I think if your team's in, you know, in a perfect situation and uh, and whatnot, then like you've said there, Mark, the fact that in the double, we can be fairly sure they're going to miss Leeds and then away to Everton and the way they've been playing of late and the injuries they've got and stuff. I think there is an argument to maybe move off of them. Everton have been relatively solid at home just because, you know, if it makes sense to go to Coutinho, for example, from Mount, I don't, I don't hate that. Yeah, Do you? yeah. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's a possibility. But you're going to have to have some, one hell of a team to be in that position, I think, just to be able yeah, to... Yeah, I, I saw tonight, I mean, Andy, for example, and those, those um, playing the bench boost in 36 um, have got incredible teams. They've got double game because everywhere now that City have dropped in because we weren't really expecting that. So it's played into the hands of bench boosters. And Andy Norfaz was saying that he's got a he's got so many double game because he's, he's now going to concentrate his transfers on getting the weaker double game because out. And he, he, he cited <laughs> Chelsea as... As those, right? And I think that's it. If you've got the luxury of getting, you know, even stronger double game with players, that's when your Chelsea players are going to make way. I think if you're if you're just trying to get as many double game weeks as you can with your transfers, mm. you're going to hold them. That's mm. basically. Spurs Leicester three 0 for me, two 0 for you guys. 
we don't see them having any trouble because Leicester's the rotation, right? They, they're going to come off the back of their, their European fixture and we're expecting to see a heavily rotated team. And also Kane versus Leicester always does well, right? Are we backing Kane in this one? 16 goals in 13 games against Leicester mm. and three assists as well. So if you're looking for... A, did he score yeah, three or four at the end of one season? One he season. did, indeed. Yeah, he got four. four. Yeah, yeah, and he got, and then in his Salah year, it was the last day of the season, I think he might have got three because I, I had him kept for two or three. My um, only slight worry here is the fact that because he's going to put out such a like a rotated side, we would have thought because it's between Roma. We've seen this from Leicester a few times now, where they have and your attacking data backs this up. They've kind of just not done anything and just sat in, and that's the kind of opponent that Spurs mm. struggle against. So, is is the quality of player? going to be a factor here is it the way they set up I suppose it's just we can paint the they, narrative they, they rarely concede more than more than two goals Leicester but the last time they conceded more than two goals was against Spurs we've said it all there we've all we've all put them to win two or three nil and not concede so yeah. let's just hope it goes that way West Ham Arsenal London Derby you've gone 3-1 to Arsenal as I've gone 2-1 so as Luke we see them nicking this again West Ham we expect to see some players rested but they put a weaker side out of Chelsea this won't be easy for Arsenal, will it? But I think we're right back in the win. I don't think it'll be easy. I think Saka being fit will be a big factor. If he's fit, then I, I wouldn't be particularly worried. If he's out, then again, I, I think, yeah. Be Martinelli concern. back in, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 2-1 feels about, about right. And look at this. Man United, Brentford around it off. As you've gone the one all, hmm. um, Luke has gone one further and gone out on a way win Brentford. So I've got to come to you, Luke, Manchester United fan. You think the misery continues, right? Um... Yeah, I suppose it's just the pessimist inside me. I think Brentford are playing particularly well at the moment. Again, they've got a plan, a clear idea. On paper, I suppose the bookies will have Man United as favourite, and they probably should be. I think we've learned today Sancho's out as well, who's probably been our best player in the last few weeks, even though he's not been getting the, the pitch time for some reason. Mm. That's a worry. That's a worry. Um, yeah, I... I, I Again, it sounds really cliche, but if Brentford score early and Man United at Old Trafford, the crowd are going to be horrific. Um, oh, so, yeah. I wanted to ask, because I, I, I tweeted um, the other day about, about Ranić and kind of the mm. job he's doing, because I, I don't think he gets enough criticism for the job he's doing there, which is a poor job. That's in, because in, we know he's a, he's, a, he's a standing manager. He's interim, isn't he? He, right? he is, yeah. But I mean, Ole was a standing manager and he ended up getting a full-time contract and got them to seconds the next year and actually mm. galvanised a group of players and got them all playing. He got the likes of Pogba yeah. and Martial fair playing coming, yeah. and, and well. And Ranić was, was tipped to be literally the perfect person they could have brought in. And he's almost got this kind of shield of immunity around him. He can, he, he can say what he wants. He can get rubbish results. In fact, the worse the results he gets... Almost everyone's praising him even more, saying, "Oh, look, he's shining such a spotlight on how bad United are." He's, he's exactly I don't, what, we, I think, what we need. I think I just don't you, get it. I, t I tell you what it is, as well. What I can think is, is just Man United fans are bored. We're fed up. It's been <laughs> it's been so long that this has been going on, and a string of managers where it's like we don't want to just even bother blaming the manager because he's interim. We know that he's going anyway, so it's more just yeah. you know, look at the team, the players, the board, the situation that we're in. That's what the main issue is. And I think even if he was doing well, it would it would be still. But you came similar. second last year and added Varane, Sancho, and Ronaldo I, above I, Liverpool. I don't. Right? I don't, I don't yeah. get. I'm not why saying he's immune for criticism. So much... I think some of his decisions have been poor. I, I just think it's not that we don't think he's poor. It's that we we hate other people more. <laughs> that, that, that's what it is. <laughs> there are hate. easier targets than Ranić. 
Right? Yeah, they definitely are. And, and he's going, like example. I say. So what, what, yeah. what good is it for us to mm. sit there pitchfork saying, get Ranjak out, he's terribly shit. It's, it doesn't matter, he's well, going anyway. Any, but my, my argument would be there was pitchforks for Solskjaer Saying yeah, he because needs, he was he potentially going to stay. It's the legacy, though. Ranić's got that reputation. He, you're right. I think he has, as a rival, of almost he can't lose. He's not going to get the criticism that perhaps his performance results deserve because of the, you know, the background he's got, the reputation he's got. Solskjaer didn't have that. He was almost like an easy target. They're waiting to have a go at him, weren't they? The they press. were absolutely. I think I think Ranić is very, very, very lucky because I don't think there's another job in world football that he could have gone to and played, got the team playing in the poor way they've been doing, the results be as bad as they are mm. and for him to come out of it smelling of roses. I don't, I don't think, think he no, will come job. out of it smelling of roses. He'll, I don't know he will, but... He will, he will. With he's moving upstairs of, and... Of, the, of yeah. the United fan base, which is, mm. why I'm, which is what I'm kind of gathering, which just, which just surprised me because it was almost like they lost the other week. They weren't that far off fourth place. It's gone now because of that loss to Arsenal. But he was almost throwing the towel in after that loss and saying... Yeah. You know, this is where we are. We're not good enough. Like three points off. But what's, what's more shocking as well is some of the, some of the performances have shown a lack of coaching, a lack of ideas, That's what a I lack think. of understanding in teammates and well, patterns of play. It comes back to the people keep saying the players are unmanageable, isn't it? That's what they, whether right. you believe it or not, I don't know. But it's it's been a lot of managers now that have suffered, isn't it? Mm. So true. You know, is there is there something in that? I know. Jose Mourinho wasn't uh, everyone's favourite and he was towards the end of his career and he's obviously got a reputation for being a bit of a bully and stuff. But yeah, you do have to come back to... And yeah, he might not be suited to the modern game, but you know, even he struggled and he is a top manager. And he, he did okay in his season, don't get me wrong, but we still sacked him. We got rid of him, so we weren't happy with what was happening. And I think a lot of that, they say, come down to the players. Um, and it just seems to be a running theme that as soon as we start doing bad, you see all these leaks and stuff about the players not happy about the change mm. room and then all this. And it could just be bullshit from journalists and narrative but once it surely <laughs> means Ten Hag is going to have a hell of a job I mean the clear out is going to be massive oh it? he's already said that that's, that's why he's time. deflecting and that's what, what as he's saying is kind of the deflect he's, yeah he's basically saying I think he said something after the Liverpool game where you know they, they are competing on all four competitions they don't have any injuries um, questions need asking and basically he's not saying you know they're using drugs and filling them full of steroids and they're unbelievable to me he's saying the core of the club is rotten. You know, they've hired the wrong type of players. The scouting is wrong. The medical department's wrong. Like, once I go upstairs, I'm going to fix all this. That's basically what he's trying to say. And already they've started to sack a lot of the background, um, backroom staff, it appears. Whether, whether we'll actually be able to do that is another I, factor. I can, but... I can guarantee one thing, and that's that Ten Hag will not be given the same level of do whatever you want that, that Ranić's had. If, if, if United get off to a bad start six, seven games in, there won't be United fans saying, oh, don't worry about it. It's all part of the project and the rebuilding. If they're like... I don't know. Team, at, the beginning, at the beginning, they will, because we always do that. But then, mm. you know, they'll turn on them if the results aren't there. Yeah, absolutely. Of course they will, because it'll be the same old stuff and it's still not fixed anything. And yeah, blah, blah, blah. Of course it's it will. It's a hell of a job. And it is. not even the tea lady is safe by the sounds of it, Luke. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Shocking tea. Yeah. Uh, Left the bag in everything. <laughs> Captain Matrix for... The season, there's only um, four game weeks visible on this. We've got the four game weeks to go and now 36, the picture is complete. Uh, 36 is the interesting one, really, because I haven't got Salah and there are options now with De Bruyne dropping in and then Cancelo. Um, this week, we'll look at in a minute. Looking forward, 37 is where Coutinho really comes into his own, which is why I think people are looking at him. In that game week 37, when you've got Coutinho with the double and other double game week players aren't really ranking up there with Zaha and Charleston. Are you just going to go Salah or what's your take on that? 
as, as me. Always, always a doubler, right? It's got, yeah. it's, it's, it's got to be. I mean, you know, we've we free hit it to great success targeting these these double gaming <laughs> this week. So why would why if, wouldn't if I? If it's always a doubler, then you've got to go in for one of them now, haven't you? You've got to go in for something. It's not going to be. You're not going to captain Anthony Gordon, surely, but. Yeah, Maybe I think are. I think the, the the trouble is the Southampton fixture is is really really nice. We've talked about it a lot. They're bottom of the defensive data. They're the one team that's data's all like got worse over this this period. If there is one team that's on the beach, it's definitely them. So the temptation is yeah. is just to go with with Salah for it. Um, but I don't mind the Coutinho or the Richarlison uh, punts, given you know that Everton have got two home games. Mm. Uh, that you know I think Coutinho's got a bit of an audition before that going in, see what he can kind of do. Salah's a good option, obviously. He's a good safe pick. But I think, you know, when you've got 180 minutes compared to 90, it's always tempting to go for the other option. And there's there's not many other options. We're going to captain Salah in 36. We're going to captain him probably in, in 38. Mm. Maybe some will go Son or, or Kane against Norwich. There's not many more, more, more games to roll the dice. If you want to yeah. if you want to push up, you've got to go for it. No, this is it. Okay, uh, this week then, um, looking at it, I mean, Salah's top of the, the data as he always is, uh, but he goes to Newcastle um, and the, these are basically based off the Fancy Football Scout poll latest. These are the leaders of that, the the names I've got here, Salah Mane, Cristiano Ronaldo, Kane Son, Saka De Bruyne, Trent, Coutinho, Watkins, Watkins, yes, and Robertson. Looking over the season and looking over the last six game weeks, Salah is massively the standout, right, in terms of minutes per shine on penalties, top over the season, 106.1. And over the last six, 97.3. And there isn't anyone over the last six that gets near to him other than Ronaldo, but you're surely not going to go Ronaldo home to Brentford. Is it a straightforward decision? If you've got Salah, you go straight to him for the captaincy? Come to me. Yeah, go on, Az. Uh, what, this week against Newcastle? Yeah. Um, no, not really. I, I I do think there is, you know, we've, we've been looking at Newcastle's data. I do think it's a, it is, is quite a tough game for them. Um, I think we can, we can rule Ronaldo out, but I don't mind this, this Spurs game for Leicester. I think this is, this is a good game for them to try and get things back on track, given Leicester's European commitments. I think Saka's a good option against West Ham now for the same reason. And the fact he's got penalties. I think you've got De Bruyne against Leeds. Leeds are better defensively than we've seen them before. And that's come at the expense of, of their kind of attacking play. But I like De Bruyne. If you've got De Bruyne, I think he's a ready-made differential there who, who, who should get some sort of significance in that. So no, I, I don't think it's a, it's a given to Captain Salah. It's an easy one. It's a, you know, he's, he's never going to be a bad option in, in any week. But I, I don't think I'll be captaining him this week. If you look at the defensive data of the opponents for those candidates we just went through, Newcastle are the toughest defence, 91.8 XG on penalty over the last six Norwich are the worst defence, not surprisingly. We talked about Coutinho already, but West Ham again and Leicester. You mentioned Leicester are the third worst defence on show. So there is something in it for Kane and Son. And I mean, I haven't got Salah, so I will be going, probably going to Kane. Um, I think you, Leicester will sit deep and I, hopefully that suits Kane. But I mean, if you, if you take out the United game, obviously Salah went crazy. It's one goal and two assists in six games for Salah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the returns haven't been literally incredible. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to go for Jota instead and spread the money around. And obviously I wish I had easy to save hindsight and all of kind of that. But, you know, you, you you can get unlucky and lots of people have, especially when it's United and Havertz, Blanks and all these other guys. And you sell, you know, who would sell him for Fernandez? Oh, that seems like a crazy thing to do, but, you know, some some did. Uh, but I don't think it's completely crazy to go to go against him. I'm not expecting Salah against Newcastle to hit big, big returns. He's, yeah. I, I can't see him getting 15, Ooh, 20 someone points. Someone clip that. 
something like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're saying that more because you think Newcastle will put up a hell of a yeah, fight. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Newcastle at home are rocking, and and the, mm. you look at you look at the defensive data, you look at their record at home, you look at Salah's you know returns recently. N- none of none of the signs point to a to a huge haul. That's what you can kind of go with. Whereas I look at someone like Kane and Son or De Bruyne, and I think they are more likely of getting bigger hauls than, than yeah. Salah I, I think you're right. I think the the ceiling's higher with Son Kane, maybe De Bruyne, but certainly Son Kane. I think I've got a higher. But ceiling. what about Ronaldo? Salah's people in the chat are saying as well. Let's not forget he has scored a hell of a lot of goals. I, I don't use that personally, but people do. He scored a lot of goals recently. He's on penalties, and his data is still very good, and it's still yeah, a decent fixture. Strong. So despite me slagging off Man United, he's still a very good pick, is he not? A lot of people are carrying him now, aren't they, from the doubles? Still? They are, they are. I think if you haven't got to watch that game and and try and endure it, then <laughs> he's this whole watching thing. He's fine I, to watch, Mark. I Come can't on. watch United. I just can't watch United without having a United attacker. I really struggle with it. I just don't want to do that. And so the whole fantasy fun thing stops me from doing that. I suppose the way I'm getting it, 90 minutes, probably, on penalties... You know, Salah, we can't say for sure that 90 minutes. I think that's something we've probably not discussed yet. Do we think Salah gets 90 minutes? What's the game? result tonight? I don't know where we are. They've won 2 0. I think he played all the minutes. I was just trying to check briefly. Yeah. So they haven't put it in the bag. So it's not over. So I think he, 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 he could get taken off with maybe 10 minutes to go. I don't, there's no rest, right? We've said this in previous episodes that we don't see a rest coming anytime soon for Salah. It'll be probably Diaz rested again and it'll be Jota who comes in. Firmino's not an option unless he's fit and we don't think he will be for this one. So Salah looks pretty safe. I'd love Bielsa to still be in charge of Leeds is all I'd say. And if, then, you, could, if you could nail De Bruyne against yeah. Leeds if Bielsa Seb, was in charge. Um, Seb, Seb made an interesting point against Leeds because obviously Seb's a big Leeds fan. Mm. He said they're, they're less likely to get relegated under Marsh this season um, but they're more likely to get relegated next year under yeah. Marsh than yeah. Bielsa. And that, and I think that's quite fitting because you you watch him play and okay they've he's, he's clearly worked on the defence they're a lot more structured the flair is is completely absent and yeah. they're so narrow they're absolutely yeah. not creating anything are they Rafinha I mean Rafinha in that team he won't be there but if he was going to be there next season he wouldn't I don't think we'd be interested because I don't think he's getting anywhere near the freedom he got to express himself under Bielsa. Um, no, are, they, are think, they more like to relegate? I think there's something in it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Marsh will get them playing like okay, and but is that enough to stay stay in the league next season? Whereas Bielsa managed to get quite average players playing at the complete top of their ability. It's, so it's does, getting does three points, isn't it? That's what Bielsa could do. He could get three points in any yeah. given game, right? And that's obviously quite valuable for a team that should be right down the bottom. I think I think uh, they're going they're going to struggle um, big time next season. We don't on, we don't see them getting tonked by a City, and if they you know. And that's no, what we said well, about maybe, De Bruyne. De Bruyne will be off if it's 2-0 there's 10 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Well, if he off. starts, I mean, it's not a guarantee he starts. I think he does, but it, he can't sit here and say categorically it's in between two semi-finals against Real Madrid. It's not a, an absolute you given. See, you're talking me into Son here, Luke, by saying that. Well, don't listen to me, Mark. Look at my rank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know all this anyway. I don't need to tell you that. I know, um, I know. Let's paint the picture, though, because Liverpool's the first game, isn't it? And we know with Liverpool, we often actually get some sort of leak before the lineup, oh, some God. some yeah. sort of fairly fairly reliable one. Yeah. So if Salah's leaked to be starting, I don't think anyone does anything different. Maybe I mean maybe they do. Maybe they just go for Spurs against Leicester. But mm-hmm. I think those are probably the two standout for most people. Is, I mean, is Son Kane or Salah? Basically, I, I'm always for trying to go look for opportunities with the captaincy where you know the EO will be on Salah. Is there a good captain with a decent fixture who could gain you rank? 
as a result of the EO that will be on Salah. And I think it doesn't get much better than Son and Kane at home to Leicester, given that Leicester are going to be a weakened team. So I think this is a week to, unless you're, unless you're very happy with your rank, unless you're as, you roll the dice and Son and Kane myself. That's, that's what I would say. I w- I would, I'm saying I would go De Bruyne. If I was, yeah. if I was picking one, I, w- I would go De Bruyne captain this week. I'd rather have De Bruyne between now and the end of the season. That, that would be my, you've already got Kane in place. Spurs have been a little bit off form lately. I, th- I think I think De Bruyne plays every game between now and then. So you, so you think if differential captain this week is De Bruyne, do you? Yeah. Right. What about Ooh. Saka? I know we're probably going on here. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I did mention versus Saka. Deflated yeah. West Ham. Yep, I like him. I like him Again, as well. Just in the essence of being differential, I don't think it's the best pick, but it's... Mm. It's just know, the fitness to... as well though, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I suppose but hopefully we get some info. I, I honestly think if... if uh, yeah, Salah and Son for me are my two favourite picks overall. I think Son, this kind of game, I like it. I like this game for him. You, I you wish think I with Leicester sitting deeper though, do you not think that would be? Well, yeah, maybe. But I just think he's a great player and he's got great stats and <laughs> he should do well. You know, we already said about the patterns of play it's and a the simple fact that they're game. changing the team. It's, it's a simple game when you talk about it like that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Well, sometimes it, it works, I think, to be simple in this game. We do try to overcomplicate it sometimes. We try to paint all these reasons why we shouldn't pick a player rather than why we should. And why we should is quite clear sometimes. They're great. They've got good inf- good stats and they've got a good fixture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as got your team up. Tell us about what you're going to do. This is your team. and I'm going to Talk us through it for the podcast. Yes. Hang on. Let me just get it up because it's a bit behind. Yeah. So my team at the moment is Ramsdale, Trent Robertson, Cancelo, Roberts, Salah, Barnes, Saka, Kulazewski, Kane, Captain and Adams. Excuse me. Um, so teams okay-ish. Uh, I'm going to go for Kane, captain, because I think there's more goals in that game yeah, for Spurs than I think for Liverpool, yeah. like we kind of talked about. Obviously, my main issues really are Barnes, where he starts, and, and Adams. How I've ended up with Che Adams in my side, I <laughs> still don't really know. Um, so yeah, I mean my. What I need to do is I need to start moving towards this bench boost. Um, so oh I've god, my... you've got the bench boost. I don't know. You? Oh, of course so... you. You've only got to look at your bench, and it's obvious. Yeah, I mean, obviously Debravka, Amity, Huang in there. Uh, so I can do Amity to Cash, which is I think right. is 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 a nice move. That means I'd be playing five at the back this week, which I think is maybe the first time ever. Um, and then I'd bench one of Barnes or or Adams, or Adams. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't seem too bad. And then I could lose next week. Um, you know, Gamera's for Gordon, and then I mean, Huang is terrible, but he has got a double game week, so I can I can at least get maybe doubles are possibly the most terrific double of all time as well. Oh, isn't it? He's going Chelsea hit, and Man City. These Wolves is players, Liverpool, Man City, isn't it? These Wolves players that have found their way into our team this season, oh, Chelsea, yeah. Wang yeah. and Podence. I've had what chips both. have you got? As remind me, just the bench, oh, just, boost. just the bench boost left. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so my it means my bench boost in thirty six would be Dubravka against City, um, Gordon, <laughs> uh, Roberts against Villa, and then Huang, which mm. isn't great, but it never is, is it? Let's be honest. I'll tell you, if you get all of those guys play twice, you've probably done as good as anyone else would. Mm. Well, Dubravka won't play twice. but That's that's a good point. Maybe but... so, Billy. And also, I'll have, I'll have Adams, and he's rubbish. I don't know. It's not ideal. I, nothing's ideal basically, but at least doing Amity to cash seems a good move on So paper. what about Barnes? Are you going to hold him through the double as well and hope he yeah. does? Yeah, he's all right. He'll get okay. a start against Everton or Norwich or Watford. Could do some damage in that. Okay. 
not talking about you're not thinking about hits for the bench boost there now. You're not falling into that trap. I might do. Yeah, I, I could be I could be swayed into a hit or two. So this um, time this is week. your opportunity to get him to take a hundred thousand rank drop. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think well, we got next week. That's what it's going to be about next week. I'm going to mind games him into like a massive hit. Mara's is looking pretty good yeah, this week. Yeah, I love yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, Absolutely not. I, I think really, see, to go into, I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Huang. <laughs> oh, we all. We're definitely clipping that one. <laughs> but Dubravka, Amity, Gamirez, and, and Adams aren't, aren't ideal. Let's, no. let's, let's be real. So less, there, there might be some ideal. hits. There might be some hits to sort out. I look forward to that next week. Uh, Luke, let's bring up your team. Um, you're going to take a while to catch up. You're playing five at the bat this week, it seems. Uh, well, I yeah. say that half of them don't turn up. I'm looking at you, Reese James. Yeah, well, that probably is a possibility. I think you're all right elsewhere, though, with with Trent Robertson, Alonso, and Cancelo. I think you're fine. Uh, so, you want to talk us through it uh, for the podcast, there, Luke? Yeah, I've only got three hit left, so I'm going to be doing that in 37. Yeah, but for the podcast, fostering goal. Obviously, that's not particularly good. Could play Forster. I'm not even sold which way I would do. Forster and Forster. Terrible. The risk of getting them mixed up is is absolutely yeah. high, isn't it? <laughs> The diff- and also the points, you know, it goes for anything from minus two to about one. So it's really yeah. tricky. <laughs> um, yeah, Trent at the back with Robertson as well, Alonso and James uh, and Cancelo. And then I've got Salah, Saka, Mount. You're five in the back like the me. And then Ooh. Kane up front. Yeah, I have. Um, I don't know. I think with Chelsea's, because I've only got the free hit, which I plan to use in 37. It's similar to what you said before, Mark, about trying to fix my better doublers. And I think mm. Chelsea it probably makes sense to move one of those out. Now, given James is apparently struggling to play a lot, I love, as much as James has hurt me this season, he's also been very good for me. So I don't want to move him out, but I feel like it probably makes sense to move him to maybe Laporte or Diaz. Um, I just don't know whether I'd do it this week because I think they probably have almost equal chance if they play to get a clean sheet or fairly close. So I, I probably I may save or I may do James to to a Man City defender. That's basically the only thing I've got on my mind. My alternative is if Saka is ruled out for whatever reason, then I'll look to get Coutinho in for Saka probably. Right. Yeah. What are you going to do with Marteta? Keeping him to the end? Probably, yeah. Uh, like I say, free hit in 37. He's just going to sit on the bench, one mm. forward really. Um, hopefully won't have to use him with that team too much. I may have to, but Ramsey's also there as a cover. Yeah. I'm happy with my team. I mean, yeah. I mean, it took the hit to sort my team out so I wouldn't have to make too many transfers now from the end. That was the theory. Um, oh, we've got to celebrate something of Luke's. Oh, go, go on. on. What's we that? get the party poppers out because you hit 100 points worth of hits. For the season, really? <laughs> 100 points. Wow. Is that the most you've ever done in a season? Probably is, isn't oh, it, pro- pro- Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Almost certainly. Um, Can't really say it's worked, can you? But you know, uh, in a season like this, everyone. This is a party, it. Mark. You never. I know, you never this is my party. It's a melon, and... it's a melon party, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> You're not coming next one. year. Yeah. Um, well, it's all right. You can laugh at me now because look at this shower. I've got Bruno Fernandez to get rid of. Uh, right for the podcast, poping goal. Yeah, all his forgiven plope. Yeah, he can't look me in the eye after I dropped him with a free hit. Trent Robertson, Cancelo, Saiz. He's back in the team. Don't worry, he's going to go. Bruno Fernandes, another one is going to go. Saka, Kulazewski, Coutinho, who's there already. What foresight. Uh, Kane captain at the moment. <laughs> and then the, the uh, rejuvenated uh, tree that is Red Horse up front. Uh, bench of Broya Podence, who is your... You've got Wang, I've got Podence. <laughs> and Fabian Cher, uh, Foster the reserve keeper. So what am I thinking of? Well, I guess I'm thinking Bruno's got to go, right? Because... It's a, I mean, arguably, I could hold him. 
But Bruno to Son or Bruno to De Bruyne is one move. And then I'm probably going to do Saiz to Cash, take a hit, because obviously I get some of that back with the double. I do think Cash will get all of Villa's games to run in. I think he'll probably get all of them. They don't really have an attractive alternative in his position that can do a similar job as him. So I think that he'll play all those games. So I do think I'll get that four points back on Cash with appearance points. But what do you think? I mean, Bruno's got to go, right? I can't. I just can't stop laughing at Pedence. It, it's, oh, it's the big. It's the it's the big red flag on him as oh, well. No. Just really, really kind of. You know, I, I got him in. What did I? I think he was an enabler for somebody back a few weeks mm. back, and he did get me a, an assist straight away. So it did pay off the hit. But I think what I've forgotten a lot of the time this season, I guess you have as well. Looking at your benches, these these players tend to stick around, don't they? Oh. And you always have fires elsewhere, and you can't get to the one you really want to get to, which for me is definitely Podence at the moment. But I mean, again, arguably Bruno is the higher priority because the, you've got the player I could bring Bruno. in, yeah, the player I could bring in could do far more damage. You've, right? you've got to look at the upside in the, especially you don't have time to fix those problems. I don't think, I, I think well, maybe you're going to have to somewhat for the doubles, but yeah, I think the, the play is, well, is it, to get one of the Bruyne or Son, isn't it? Because it's the, I mean, switching Podence isn't going to net you 20, 25 well, points, Podence whereas one of those others could. Podence to Gordon is a given for the doubles, right? In 36, right. Podence to Gordon would be one of them. And, and I could take the hit this week, but why would you with Gordon's got Chelsea? So it makes sense the hit being Saiz to Cash, because I don't think Saiz may, may play, may not. I mean, it depends on Kilman's fitness. Cash will play the doubles, so I think that makes sense for the hit. And then it's Bruno to Son or Bruno to KDB. Oh, where, Bruno's going to bang, isn't he? Well, sorry, yeah. wait, hang on. Do you have to take the hit if you do Fernandez to Son or De Bruyne? No. no. So why why would you hit Saiz out for cash? Because I don't think Saiz plays. I don't necessarily think oh, he's right. guaranteed to start. If okay. if Kilman's fit, he may not start because he's been in and say, out. This is the it? garden centre game, so you would hope for. A, yeah, I mean, it's a good fixture. A hit for, if Kilman's yeah. not fit, I will probably keep him and not take the hit. Yeah, because right. I think they, they could keep a clean sheet against Bayern. Yeah. And then it'll be just... So it's really, is it Bruno to KDB or Bruno to, to Son? KDB is the maverick pick. I already know what you're doing, Mark. You're do talking you? of KDB. You want to do KDB, but you'll do Son. <laughs> I know it already, and you, you know, know it. That's why you're laughing. He knows me too well, doesn't That's he? That's why you're laughing. Has agreed. Do you do agree it. with that, As? I think everyone I, in, the, in, the, in the chat is going to agree with that. Yeah, well. you, know, you know my thoughts. I, I would go KDB over Son, but I, I would be very surprised if you didn't get Son in. Yeah, I, I reckon you could even chuck him the arm. Triple well. Spurs attack. I know that's the wrong. worry. I know but what could go wrong, Mark. I know we showed Ted's graphic, which had them down in the bottom corner, which wasn't good, right? It wasn't good. I, I, I yeah. It, 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 it's just De Bruyne's minutes, right? And also, there's that faint hope that. Oh, no, don't worry about the minute. I, honestly, I wouldn't worry about yeah. the minutes. I think the the point that Sun probably comes off as well around that time yeah. is is you know. You can use that if you yeah. want. They got a league. They got a league. They got a league to win. He's the most important player. He's he's gonna. The Watford game was big. If if he'd missed that, if he hadn't played in that, I would have said there might be some rotation. But they didn't need to play him against mm. Watford. But they did because they wanted the security. They were going to win. And, that and game I think I'd rather have to Boyner for the doubles because I think he he'd be a better game week thirty six captain. And then if I if I get to Boyner in this week, it means I can use a transfer elsewhere next week without taking too many hits. So I think it will be De Boyner actually. Luke. I think you're going to be wrong, but. It's a long time till Saturday morning. Maybe that was my morning. plan all along. Maybe yeah. that was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> the, meat, the meat shield can't be doing mind games. That's not, that's no, not part of the contract, it's not, is it? It's not, it's not in the contract at all. It's like, the thing is, <laughs> I, I, I do feel at the moment, every time I touch my team, I do damage, which is not good. I mean, the free hit just summed it up. Give it to your son. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. destroying me at the moment. 
Absolutely destroy me. Oh, I'm embarrassed by it. Do not look in the bigs and smalls leagues if you're in that. I'm right? oh, failing that. You remember you know, that gif of the cat that's just randomly bashing the keyboard? Why don't you employ him? I know. It does See, feel well, like... It, that's, just, what, that's what he's been doing all season. Honestly, <laughs> like, I said it earlier in the season. I, I'd rather just take my hands away because if the, as soon as I make a transfer, it's a, it always seems to be the wrong call. And it's just been one of those seasons where that's happened. And I know... But I'll do it again. I'm sitting here going Son or Gay DB. Oh no, I'll go to the wrong one, whatever well, I Well, Bruno will score three. Like Bruno will get a hat trick. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Let's hope not. Um, I'm just about holding off Natalie in the Apprentice League. She's eight points behind me now, as you must be absolutely loving this. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of am. It's it's yeah, it's it's brutal. I, 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 I do I, I don't know actually. I I don't I, I don't know how I'd feel if she beat you. A little bit weird about it yeah. going into next season. It's kind of, I don't know. Uh, time to like. She's doing content now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah, content creator. So uh, <laughs> you can come and join me, Mark, and then uh, oh, you can go with us. Yeah. We'll just have some <laughs> sort of loser brigade. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was his plan all along. Uh, Black Box League. Lord Pacino is the team name. Sebastian Freire is the Ferreira is the is the name of the manager. He's tenth in the world. 10th in the world going into and we were back Impressive. in I think he's in the chat in, as well by the way that's what I'm talking yeah. I think we're back in the uh, well welcome to the chat uh, Sebastian um, we are back in the top six leagues as I think if I look on the fancy Premier League team I think we, we? yeah I think we are so nice. I think it was it was Sebastian who got us back in there um, he's 10th in the world yeah there we are fifth fifth league in the world yes. behind the two scout leagues Behind FBL, mate, and let's talk the I've got uh, to apologise as well, because I saw him saying he's 10th in the world in the chat, and I was thinking, bollocks, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then I see yeah, his name right at the top, so I apologise. You didn't tap back, you didn't type back, though, did you? No, you I didn't type, it was just okay. in my mind. My mind is guilty, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, don't beat yourself up when your mind is guilty. He's right? looking at De Bruyne, by the way, Mark. Just to see, well, so am I. And then he says Kane's Don't do it, Sebastian. Don't, don't listen to a word I said, Sebastian, right? Please, because you've still got a chance of winning it. Please do not do that. Always makes me nervous. Uh, Green Arrow has talk about this. Where are we? I haven't got... Oh, we have got an up-to-date graphic. 1464 on the mills after game week 34. Uh, FBL Greece sent me this mug. I've got it this week. There it is. Remember that? Alexander-Arnold's 14 points mm. in that game. That was when I was good. It's always nice to have that around. Uh, that was as, a bad Tell day. us all about this charity. That was a bad day. Um, yeah, we we had a we both had a bit of a bad month. Um, we haven't given much, have we? <laughs> we have we haven't. We're, we're giving five pounds for every green arrow that we get uh, between, like you know, across both of us. Uh, we managed one meal. Uh, we gave in in April because we got one green arrow between us, which is yeah. absolutely shocking. Um, but hopefully, we've got one more month to go. We'll get some green arrows ahead of that. If you want to get involved, there's links in the description. Uh, the money's going to emergency aid in, in Ukraine. There's 1,464 mils um, already raised. And like I said, it'd be amazing if we can push it up to 2,000 or near 2,000 mils and we can all be really happy. Yeah, with let's, the work make, we've done. let's make that for the final day. Um, me and Az will probably top it up if we don't get there, but let's get as close as we can to that. Um, that's it, I think, for tonight. Um, we've done over the two hours. We, we took the hit with the European game as well, as we always do on a Wednesday at the moment. But... There are a thousand in the chat at the moment, as so it's over to you for the smash and likes, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, 158 likes at the moment, 900 watching. We appreciate all the likes on the YouTube stream. If you've enjoyed the pod, 
Uh, if you listening on the audio version, write us a review. I thought that was a good request of yours, Mark. We don't have many. Yeah, reviews we don't. Yeah, and 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 it's always. I think it does us some good in the algorithm and stuff. But it's always nice as well because I read those. I always read those and. Um, yeah, it, and, and also what we're doing soon is we're launching our website and that's going to have um, um, more stuff on it and you can put comments in there soon. So that'll be launched in the next, I think over the weekend I'll get that out as. Um, so yeah. it's another way of us um, getting some feedback from people who watch and listen to what we do. Um, so that'd be nice as well. But the reviews on on the various podcast formats are always good to read. Because some, some of the requests I've had have been things like the tables we show and where you yeah. can find them. Um, obviously you can find them on Scout and I've been working with um, one of the will behind the scenes just to make sure that the tables that we build on there, we do, we do a little bit of manual stuff, but from tomorrow, everything that we present on Black Box will be available in the Scout uh, members area and I'll build those tables and we can share though. They'll be on the website and you can check out those public tables and that kind of thing. We'll also share more visuals and things on the website and stuff. Uh, so you can get your fix after the podcast without having to scroll through random YouTube yeah. to find the bits you, you want be easier yeah, to it's, it's looking nice I'm, I'm obviously Pip's really worried that I'm launching a new website and in five years time I'll be uh, sitting in sitting in the back <laughs> of a car on a laptop again I had to reassure that no it's just a, it's just a front for our podcast I'm not doing any more than that <laughs> yeah Chris will be worried as well I'll, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll probably have a call with him tomorrow what's that like... launching a website <laughs> yeah tell him that <laughs> just, to, just to scare the life out of him I'm not doing that honestly um, yeah so yeah smash the likes thanks very much for that and uh, Luke as always thanks so much for, for backing us up and making us a trio for tonight it's always a pleasure and hopefully the three red arrows will turn into three greens next week uh, I, we can only hope can't we as at least we're getting our good teams back after the free hit rather than going into you are well you, you're getting potents back and I'm getting Adams so I'm not sure I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. that that holds but no yeah. <laughs> No, I, I take some more hits, boys. Christ, why you still got them players in your team? A hundred points of hits is. <laughs> uh, don't yeah. focus on the negative, as come on. Never do that. It's a good job. I can't afford to do that this season. It's, <laughs> it's a good night for me. Good night, mum. See ya. Podcast Network.